I was in the studio with Kanye. Already, I'm like, this is the best day of my life. And then Drake walked in. So I know you're a huge fan of Kanye West. Oh yeah. You've heard about this whole anti-Semitism thing you've been talking about? What? Yeah. How much was the music video for Ha Ha Ha? Oh my God. I spent like a million dollars. Do we get more Dave or no? Me and Benny act that way. This guy's my best friend. We're just talking naked in the shower. Who's bigger? Him. My dick looks like a raisin. <laughs> there was that stuff with EO on. He was upset. How do you deal with something like that? I'm happy that you brought that up. What I crave deep down is like the undeniable love and respect of everyone on Earth. I crave deep down. <laughs> I literally thought it was going to be like just inner peace. Yeah. <laughs> this is the best form of clothing. It's very nice. It's so it's very especially Wait, the in the hockey jersey in the wintertime. Is why though? Why? I don't why? Know why? There's just something about it. It's like with the drawstrings, whatever these are, it's just like yeah. I'm it, so attracted to it. Not <laughs> sexually, just like as a, I just want to only wear that type of. Is it versatility, or you think it's just cool? It's that cool. It's. I think hockey jerseys are the coolest sports jersey to wear. Like if I was just wearing a basketball jersey right now, it looks. Can I be honest? Yeah. Underrated is a baseball jersey. Yeah, baseball cool jersey is cool. Though. Baseball jersey is cool. Yeah, but it doesn't have the edge. The long sleeve and then the just the breathe. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And then now that they have these like these necks and the string, it like yeah. feels like a fashion piece. Yeah, exactly. You can like accessorize almost. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like when they do the hockey jersey over the hoodie though. Like to me, that feels like that is too juvenile. Like, mm -hmm. It's like kind of like college behavior. And there yeah. is, there are some people that are wearing it ironically, hmm. and by some people, you mean white people? White people. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly what I meant. I don't know. I think I lost my train of thought or something like that, and then I was drawn to no, him. He's a handsome guy. guy. Never played hockey a day in his I'm fucking French life. He's French. This where he's from. This is identity. That's how I know black people are climbing up the socio Your hair looks black. good, by the way. I just want to point this out. Oh, like the you. twists are new or something? Yeah. No, nah, I got it retwisted yesterday. Thank you. So it is. So it's new. Yeah, retwisted. Oh, okay. It's not new. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. He's never taken it a comment. New, Dave. No. Dave, this is new. I think we started the podcast. Guys, we're here with Dave, everybody. Let's go. Dave in the building. Thank you, guys. Um, my boy, how are you? What's going on? This is... I'm great. I'm in the we're in the Big Apple. Yeah, I know you guys are used to it. I'm not. I, every time I come here, I'm like, wow, what a well, new. Philly's not far. You probably came here a lot. I did, but it just it was different. Like when I, I actually didn't come that often as a kid. For what, like I would come on like school field trips and then we'd go to like Times Square <laughs> and I would get hustled out of my money. And yeah. like that was my experience of New York City. But coming as an adult man with like friends that live here in different areas and pockets, it's just a totally different atmosphere now. Okay, we me. won't be offended. Yeah. Honest take on New York City. Well, I don't know that yeah. I that I could live in New York. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew we were gonna get some good. I knew we were gonna get but some I don't know good. that I Why can't. not? Why not? That too many Jews? Be honest. <laughs> A lot. Be honest. <laughs> no, uh, I, I'm just the type of I just like space. Like I think it really comes down to my desire to have space. And like even this is totally not New York City, and I don't even know why my brain is going to this point, but I just went to the Amalfi Coast this yeah. past like oh. a few. <laughs> listen, listen, let me tell you something. You're gonna be playing Padel in six months. <laughs> <laughs> Never been there, seen it in pictures, really excited to go to the Amalfi Coast. Okay. I get there. Have you guys ever been there? Yeah. He has. Oh my goodness. I get I love there. It. Well, I hated it. Where'd you go? Positano? Yeah. I knew it. I, you can't go to you Positano. You can't even, the, the amount What's of- a rich combo? I can't, <laughs> I can't run left to, like if I can't move like more than this amount of Positano wall space sucks. left to it's right. Awful, awful, awful. I'm just like, I feel trapped. I feel yeah. like there, I, there's nothing for me here when I, you know, it's, I, and the water is cool, I guess, but I've, I've never liked an ocean view. It's, I find it very one dimensional. <laughs> Wait, okay. One dimensional? <laughs> <laughs> I never have been like the beach guy. I live in Venice, and I, I live in Venice, LA. And I go to the beach once every four years. But I'm kind of with you. What about, what about, what about, 
I'm actually with you. I'd rather like two dimensional. It's so funny. Okay, hold on. So you don't. I've never been a beach view guy. Is that what you said? Yeah, well, like, I, most I, expensive real estate in the world. I go. I've been to plenty of beaches, and I go there, and I get so bored. I just sit there, yeah. and I I look, and everything is just flat, and yeah. like there's just no texture. I would rather be in a situation where like every tree is different looking, mm. and I'm just like, you want to be in the Bob Ross painting. I, I mean, with the mountains and all that, the trees. And there's a little creatures. There's woodland creatures you can look at. There's yeah. things to, you can hike. There's just, it's just, it's so one-dimensional. Yeah, I get that. And, like, you know, beyond being uh, hot and boring, like, what do you do? You sit there? Yeah, you yeah. just sit there. The beach life is unbelievably boring. Yeah. Yeah. I've never liked it. Anyway, so I went to the Amalfi Coast, and I was just felt very constrained mm. as far as, like, being able to, like, run. Left did you go right. anywhere else? Did you leave Positano? Positano is no. objectively awful. I mean, no, I didn't. It's just a tourist trap. It's so touristy. I couldn't Every believe it. Every like, for trinkets. There's yeah. no culture. It's nothing. just trinkets and one yeah. road. Yeah. And an ocean view. And, All like, the-, the sand is black. Anyway, so New York City's not that there's anything wrong with that. Listen, you know what I mean? Black sand sounds is great. Black sand sounds fire. The whiter and pinker sand is. They're in a hotel. They're in a hotel. And they were like. The Serenus. No, the other one. Oh, okay. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. And it was really, there was a lot of things I loved about the hotel. It was great service. And I did feel like a little white lotus-y, like, wow, like this is really like the top of the line hotel. Yeah. But they were like, it's the only private beach in Positano. And I was like, well, Great. Oh, At least San we have Pietro. our own beach. I go to the beach. Oh, you San Pietro. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a. It's, it's just a <laughs> hunk of concrete. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a prison yard. <laughs> they, they carve it out of the yeah. I was like, this can't be the private beach. Like, I, it's literally a hunk of I rock. don't yeah. want to do this, but you calling Positano Beach a prison yard is the whitest thing <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. I, can't, I, I feel bad doing that to the white guy, but it really leapt out at me. Yeah, I understand. call that though. a prison yard. Play the wrong thing. But you know what? It is, though, Dave. It is a fucking prison yard. And sometimes we yeah. have to, like, be, you know, submit ourselves. Yeah. And you would know. Because you've been to prison, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you've been, like you're from there. Visited, you know I mean? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, New York. Uh, there's a lot that I, I think yeah. I would. Lo- I love being here like a week at a time, and I might yeah. even like being here, like for a full season. No way. Mm. Like Day. six to nine weeks of like, you know, I'd love to like figure out something to shoot here. Yeah. That like puts me here when like the weather is right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Right? Fall, yeah. fantastic in New York. Yeah. Fall in New York yeah. is yeah. the Fall best. Is nice. <laughs> There's the a best. lot of charm, and and just as far as aesthetic, I think a lot of the shows and movies that I see shot in New York just jump out and look better to yeah. me than the shows that are There's shot. There's an in energy LA. to it for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. anyways, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you here? Uh, I'm actually I just put so I put out a, a soundtrack album called Penis. Penis. Yeah, yeah, to my TV great, show. Actually. Yes. And uh, I figured I'd make the rounds a little bit. I'd How much was the music video for Ha Ha Ha? Oh my God! I know I'm counting pockets, but you just said you were on a Malfi. So explosion. self-financed. Um, <laughs> I didn't ask that, but I like. <laughs> so, no, it all came out of my pocket. <laughs> uh, that's what that means. self-financed. In case you didn't know, that's, pay for it. That's, how you, that's how you know the money still matters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it was kind of reckless. I spent like a million dollars. What? Yeah, and it was a million in Lithuania. So a million. I had to go all the wow. way to Lithuania to be able to even afford this video. Like if I tried to shoot this video in LA, it would have cost me like five million. That's the thing, it looked incredibly expensive. Yeah, and it was like, you know, oftentimes I'm down to like, 
invest in something that I know can be like like a Freaky Friday, huge smash hits. I ne- like yeah. I knew that this song would never, it couldn't ever beat. It's not designed. It's not like a pop song. It's yeah, like yeah. essentially a four minute verse. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I love it so much, and I, I just really wanted. I, I've always wanted to make a video like this that like didn't rely on being funny. That was just yeah. like epic filmmaking and like yeah. really unique things. So I went out to Lithuania. Uh, by the way, great host country for the uh, event, and they, and it was. How, how long could you stay there? Like, if you had to, like, I was very charmed by Lithuania. Yeah, uh, many weeks, maybe a month see, or two. Yeah, many. It rains every day. <laughs> <laughs> it rains every day. I've never <laughs> seen it. Uh, and it's freezing. I, I immediately, by the way, once yeah. I finished that video, immediately got like bronchitis. Like, yeah, I couldn't yeah, yeah. even move. Like, fever for two yeah. weeks. Yeah, that's the price you pay, though. But I am really proud. <laughs> <laughs> the price is a million. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah. a million plus bronchitis. <laughs> Yeah. But I'm really happy. Like, at least I didn't pay a million and was like, oh, man, this missed the mark. Like, I really think, like, creatively, I look at it and I'm very... No, the exactly. video's sick. It's yeah. shot sick. Yeah, but I'm it excited. was one of those things where I was like, this looks like one of the most expensive fucking videos. To put that in perspective, a million, right? Do you remember... You're 35, right? Yeah. Okay, do you remember when uh, Diddy, old Diddy, we can talk about it, mm-hmm. put out uh, Victory? Oh, yeah. I mean, all those videos. I grew, That was the, one million. Oh, I thought you were going to say Hate Me Now. Hate Me Now was also one million. Now oh, that was the... Uh, him and Nas. That was Nas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to be a dickhead, but a million back then is probably like three, four million. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that, too. So what you a fucking... No, It's not a back-in-the-day million, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you had to go to Lithuania yeah. still, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still, a million yeah. fucking dollars. Yeah, it's crazy. And I just kind of also know I'm never, I like, there are certain things where you, where you know you will make your investment back. How much back. have you made back on the AdSense? Can uh, we look not, at that? Uh, the video has like uh, 1.2 million views. <laughs> <laughs> Even, I think YouTube views are down. Like, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the whole website. <laughs> YouTube.com is going through a recession. Uh, but no, <laughs> I'm not to get the antibiotics for the bronchitis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it made its money back. It will live forever. It will live forever. And, and, and I'm really, pr- like, I, I like, I just like, it's a new thing that I've never done and like I loved acting in that first scene like getting yeah. into character in a different way and I just thought it was just I have no regrets I have no regrets I love that you are always willing to flex your artistic muscles yeah like yeah I just like even the concepts that you'll talk about shooting in Dave mm-hmm. I'm like that's incredibly artistic, even though he's never going to do that. Like the end of season one, you had the video that the episode you were thinking about shooting and then season two, the VMA performance. Mm-hmm. I was like, these, even not getting done, really fucking artistic yeah, ideas. Yeah, thank you, man. I, I I definitely put my best foot forward and try as hard as I can to be yeah. great. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay, now, 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 now. Now, 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 Buckle up, Dave. You get to do whatever you want when you make music. Mm. You get to shoot whatever you want. You put your own money up. It's under your total control. Yeah. Then you go to big, bad Hollywood. Uh, How frustrating. They shackle me. Well, yo, why would they do they that? They made you put out an environmental video just so you could get the show. Oh, dude. <laughs> Unbelievable. Thank you, thank you for saying Wait, what happened with this? What happened with this? He's talking about my Earth video. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> just yeah. trying to do my part. Yeah. <laughs> frustrating beyond belief or... They kind of let you do your thing. I'm pretty fortunate, and like FX is a really creator-friendly network. And they like, will let you cook. Yeah, they let me. They kind of knew what they were signing up for, I think. And then once you prove yourself, I think they're like, "This guy knows what he's doing." And I've never really felt uh, like creatively hampered in a way where like I wanted to do something, and like executives are like, "No, you can't do that." Like right. I've never, I've never experienced that. Cool. I'm sure I will one day. Yeah. But I think at least I, I kind of have made uh, my start has been one where 
I think I am known for being like a, a creative, uh, whatever, risk taker. You go for or, it. Yeah, I go for, for it. Sure so go I think anyone who like, gets in business with me that's will what be getting, expect, that's almost. what they're signing up for. So yeah. I can't imagine that I would be in a situation where all of a sudden I'm being shackled. I couldn't even, and, and going into it, I was definitely nervous. I was like, who the fuck are these people that are going to tell me like what jokes are funny? Yeah. And like, because you're right, in music, I have no like oversight. I do whatever I want at all times. But now I'm not the one for, I know I'm not paying, I can't pay whatever, how much it costs to make a season of Dave. I can't front that money. Yeah. What is that like? Uh, it's a lot of money. And so I need, uh, you know, Disney Corporation to, <laughs> to shell it out. And so, you know, it is kind of, there are things that are out of my control, but I'm just lucky that I've been uh, trusted. And I think I've, you know, delivered. Guys, Life Tour, Charlotte, thank you so much for selling out the show. We added a second show in Charlotte. Uh, also, Nashville, we are coming. Austin, we are coming. Phoenix, we added a second show. San Francisco, uh, you saw that all four shows. That's incredible. Uh, we'll see what we can do about that. But thank you guys so much. More cities are also available at theandrewschultz.com. Go there. If there are tickets left, go check them out. And Philadelphia, you're up next. I will see you there soon. Peace. Also, guys, you got to hurry up and get your tickets. We sold out the last two weekends in a row, every show. And this weekend at San Jose Improv, looks like it's going to sell out as well. Two are already gone. The other two tickets are limited. Then February 22nd through 24th, Oklahoma City. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be honest, there's a lot of tickets available for that show. That shit is looking a little pathetic. So hurry up and come through so I don't look like an asshole. Also, March 1st and 2nd, Greensboro. March 8th and 9th, Stanford, Connecticut. And this is a biggie. I'm going to be in the Netflix is a joke festival. That's right. I'm going to give you guys exact dates soon, but your boy is selling out. You know what I mean? Not just selling out tickets. I mean, soon I'm going to be a corporate shill and I can't fucking wait. I don't ever want to talk to y'all again. Fuck you, Alex. Tickets at alkarsing.com. Now, do you do you want to do more, Dave? Like, what is the, what's happening with Dave? Dave? All this crazy success, everybody talking about it. Yeah. Darling. He's, I mean, an darling. absolute darling. You're a darling. Loved yeah. by the people and the industry. Very rare. Yeah, that Very is. Very rare. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Do, you, do we get more Dave or no? We're talking about it right now. Honestly, I really am in the headspace right now. What happens was the writer strike happened. Mm. I then had time off to like finally like finish like certain songs that were in the show and put the soundtrack album together. And like I got back to making music truly for the first time in like five years. Was I able to focus on music? And then I really totally refell in love with making. Like I came into this making music, and it's been truly five years since I've been able to like actually focus on it for more than like six weeks at a time. Mm. And I'm right now, like, I'm spending every day making music and fully, like, thrilled by that idea to the point where I don't know how long I'm going to work on music. But I also know that, you know, the show has kind of reached this height, whatever that is. Mm. Ty. I don't believe my music career has reached that height that my show has reached. So you want the music to reach Dave's success? Kind of. I mean, I feel like I'm capable of it. And I feel like truly, you know, how much time do I have left on this earth of, of going for it as a rapper? Like in 10 years, mm. 
I don't know. It might be like if I'm still rapping, you might be like, we got to talk about this thing. <laughs> so I'm just really anxious to maximize my potential as a musical artist because I've just never. So like right now, my focus on. But look, the story of my my life is ongoing. I'm sure we're gonna have experiences today that I feel like I feel so, like it's gonna be a while since we get more Dave. I kind of feel that's where I'm, I don't know. I, I I I really am just trying to like I've been like one foot out of music, one foot in like for a while, mm-hmm. and I just like am really relishing the opportunity. But we're we're t- we're just starting to talk about all these things and. Time will tell, but you know, right now I'm so satisfied with like the three seasons I just cranked out, mm. and like where I left off with Brad Pitt and Drake. I'm just <laughs> yeah, like thrilled. Yeah, the Drake thing is wild. You know, yeah. I, I feel like this season especially. Not only do I, it's the one. I'm pretty self-critical about what I make. Like every season, I'm like, that was cool, but I know I could do this better. Like yeah. that was cool. Truly, like season three, I watch it and I'm like, I don't know if I could do that better. Like, wow. Like, I'm like, that was like done perfectly. So personally, you feel as fulfilled as possible. I feel pretty three. fulfilled. Like, I, yeah. like literally, like the last experience I have being on set with Brad Pitt and like giving him direction, he's looking at me like I'm like a Cohen brother. Handsome. How Oh handsome. my god, it took my breath away. Smells good. <laughs> smells good. Oh, I bet he smells. I have a bad like, sense of smell. Like, but Did no, you try but I'm not gonna lie. Like a masculine, like kind of musty. Yeah. I'm telling you, first off, when he walks on set, everyone like. Their posture change. You know, they, <laughs> everyone has such a sense of purpose. Even the men, right? They, oh, especially the men. Wow. And, so and they know there's a pecking dude, order. And this guy couldn't be like nicer and not in he like a way. Better be. Not in a way where it feels like he's like trying to be nice. So like you say good things about him. It just yeah. feels like that's his natural. Genuine. Genuine. Like so down to earth. So cool. Uh, couldn't say enough good things about this man. And hug him at all? Did you give him a hug? Or oh anything? yeah. Held him too. Is oh, it- very in shape as fuck. Like wow. he's in such really? good shape. So still. By the way, tatted up in a no. way that tatted wow. up. Wow. Oh, that's weird. We didn't know this. Hmm. And like cool tattoos. Like what? Like, like what? I don't know. Like. I don't know what they are. I saw are. him in Fight Club, like, but I was too busy looking at the V. Yeah, the Vs were crazy. To really take in any tattoos. Tats. No. Get out yeah. of here. So he's just a badass He's a badass stunt. guy. He's cool. Like, he was really, like, I would say the coolest guy I've ever met. <laughs> wait, wait, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look at his arm. Look at his arm. Oh, there That's it a is. cool arm. That yeah. Arm, that, 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 that arm is cool as fuck. Look at the veins. That he's got okay. a bracelet. He walks in. <laughs> You know, there's some people that like own their celebrity. Like uh, they walk in a room, they know all eyes are on them and they're comfortable with that. Yeah. I saw Hugh Jackman do that once. Like he just walked in a room, he started introducing himself Mm -hmm. and he knows everybody in the room Knows it's fucking Wolverine. Yeah, it's you. It, it, and there are some people that, you know what I mean? They, <laughs> so they like they pretend that they're not famous and they do that thing. We're like, yeah. "Hey, you doing? I'm Hugh." Hey. But I, I, what are you gonna do? I feel like that's like like how could you not do that as a famous? Pro- I don't know. I would I would feel lame like if I was Drake and I like was had the attitude of like you all know who I am. Like, but, I would, but does he really need to be like, "Hi, I'm Aubrey." To you, I think so. Or what if he's just like, "Dave, my man, how are you, brother? I know you know I who guess I am." It's different if both of us have like. If we're both famous and he's we've like been DMing, you know what I mean? Yeah, but like yeah, yeah. if I'm just like a guy like a PA on set, yeah. I just think it's disingenuous, is that the word? To yeah. be like, what's up, man? Like good I to see, see you. Like I I'd rather see. like him be like, What's up? Like Drake. Like and I don't know why I'm talking from the perspective of Drake. No, this is embody that. Aspiration. Okay. So so he's in the uh so he's in the room, so Pitt's in the room. First off, the way I meet Brad Pitt. Yeah, how did this come together? Well, no, I met him on set. I actually just cold emailed him. What? <laughs> yeah. 
It's really reckless. I wrote hold the on, entire. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let That's me just finish a, one yeah, thing. Yeah, go, go, go. First, okay. just know that when he actually came on set for the first time, and I actually got to meet him for the first time, which is the first place I ever met him, was when he came on set of Dave. We were shooting a scene where, like, she was like making a cast mold of my lower body, so I had to meet this man naked, covered in like slop. Yeah. Like that's how I had to be like, hey, like, nice to meet you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Anyways, yeah. I knew that's a power move. Yeah. I basically <laughs> I heard through the grapevine that, and you never know how true any of this shit is, but I just heard that like he was a fan of my show. Like okay. a friend crazy. of mine took a meeting at his production company, and yeah. like one of his executives was like, oh, you know, Brad loves Dave, and my friend. Relay that information to me like okay. three years ago, and I, I you stored I stored that piece. You of hear that information, and are you is your first reaction like, of course the guy's got taste, Brad Pitt, <laughs> or are you like, oh my god, Brad Pitt listens to me? Uh, honest it, reaction. My honest reaction is a combination of of course, but also like I don't know how true this information is. Yeah, I, I, not I'm never I'm not surprised. It's more just, I don't know how true this, through the grapevine information is. He should feel this way. If he sees it, I imagine he would feel this way. That's how yeah, I feel yeah. about it. <laughs> Fire. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, but anyway, so we're writing, I, I, you know, one thing I really pride myself on with the show is every season we end it in like such a way where like, I, I think it. we make like the best season finales possible. Yeah. And unfortunately, or fortunately, like we just constantly raise the bar. So like this season, I was like, how are we going to beat what we did for the, and I was like, well, I've, I've had stored this piece of information about Brad Pitt. Like maybe we go after Brad Pitt to the point where like we started writing. We wrote the whole episode before hitting him up. before even talking to him. All my writers room was that's like, crazy. they were like, that's crazy. Like you don't even know Brad Pitt. And I was like, I know, but like, I just feel like if we come with the right idea, he'll, he'll, why, why wouldn't he do it? I don't know. Everyone was like, all right, same thing with Rachel McAdams, same thing with Drake. Like, at least Drake I met and he was like, yeah. I love your show. And I had face to face confirmation mm -hmm. yeah. that it was real. Yeah. With Rachel and Brad, I just heard through the grapevine and I wrote them. Like, and this is not like a random celebrity cameo where like you see him in a club and they're like, what's up, Dave? And like, it's really like the entire plot arc of the whole season yeah, yeah. was like resting on Rachel McAdams, Brad Pitt, and Drake. Okay. Uh, and I didn't know really any of them that well. Uh, I barely knew Drake, did not know Rachel or Brad. Yeah. Wrote the whole episode, got Brad's email. From? Uh, from an, an executive producer of the show named Marty Bowen, who, who knows Brad's manager. Okay. Got his email, and I just got to work on What's drafting that email? email. What's my email? Like yeah. the words of it? Yeah, yeah. I couldn't even, I mean, it's long. No, no, no. You're like, what is it? What is he seeing in his Is your box? name in your email? Is it Will Dickey? No, no, my email, I don't want to give it out. So I'll tell you afterwards. Oh, can we bleep it? I guess. Yeah, just go. No, no fucking way. No, what's really funny? What is he went like this? Like, like, this I watch the NFL. I watch the NFL. I know that they can do that. That's your play sheet. Okay, so that's the email that Brad sees. And okay, and I and he fucking opens it. He opens it, and I write. I write this long ass, like well written, like email about. You gotta have it. Give it. Bust it open. Just give us. My phone's in the other room. Get. I, I, honestly, it's not it. that easy to access. Like I've, I've tried. It's like my phone like does a thing where it only saves like three months worth of shit. Like I could probably get it, but it would take too long. And I really don't. I, I want to leave it between me and Brad. I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Dude, Brad. Yeah, you can't. No, you can't violate Brad's trust. Yeah. 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 I mean, I didn't say we got to hear the response. It's, it's but, not for you, bro. It's not. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah, your yeah, your yeah. opening line. Is everything in the email, right? Do you remember the opening line? Uh, yeah. To whom it make or like, dear Brad? It's Did definitely dear Brad, because I know that he his response was dearest Dave. 
<laughs> I love that. Um, and basically, I wrote this long thing that I like edited all week, like sent to my writers, like was like, "What do you think of this draft?" They were like, "Well, maybe like we take this sentence out." But like, like we literally like worked on this email. Yeah, 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 instead yeah. of writing, this you, have yeah. <laughs> you have to. It's the most By important way, email we've like, ever written. We're like, this is like we're like shooting episode eight. Like we're like deep in like <laughs> this episode shoots in like ten and like in like two weeks. You know what I mean? Like we're okay. like running out of time, and I'm like pushing it off because I'm just like scared to face the reality of like yeah. you know the high risk. Like procedure I've taken, and then like he like a few days later he responded not in the same thread. It started a new thread. Wow, uh, and that's big. I like didn't. It was I, I like I, the, It's hard to explain, but like I actually didn't understand that it was his email in response back for like twelve hours. I read this email. I kind of thought it was like junk or something. Like it's <laughs> it didn't because he didn't. It was really vague. I assume his email is not his name. It's not Brad at BradPitt.com. So yeah, I can see how you're just like. It was hard to explain, but his email was like really short and sweet and like, like not bizarre in a bad way. Like it was like iconic. It was like so. It was weird, but like having not, he didn't like sign it Brad Pitt. He signed it BP, and I just wasn't thinking. So when does it hit you? It hit me like. You know who it is. I saw the email in the morning, but I'm like in the middle of production. I'm doing all the things, like you know, I'm I'm so spread thin, and then. Like I re- reread it at like lunch, and I was like BP, and then I was like, wait a minute, because I remember the subject line. That's so hard. The subject line. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> I don't even want to show you. Yes, yeah, no. <laughs> say that shit, my boy. Go, 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 go. It was, it was, it was. Hmm. H M M M M. Okay. Very so, cryptic. Yeah, yeah it's also cryptic. Yeah. It's cool. It was yeah. so really cool. sick. Like when, yeah. I, when I reread it, knowing it's Brad, I'm like, that's so cool. Like, yeah, it's yeah. the coolest email I've ever. I'm going to frame it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to frame the email and put it on. Anyways, okay. and then even then, I still didn't believe it was real. So I'm like, I'm hitting my agents. Like, is, is this it? his email? They're like, uh, we're confirming it is his email. Like, they're like, I think he's in. He's down. And then, like, on set, it was like such a joy to be like, Guys, like Brad Pitt is in the finale. That's unbelievable. But even then, I still didn't believe it would really the, Yeah, happen. yeah, yeah. Because Dates so got to line up and shit. Dates got to line up. It's like at any point. Did like, you have to move everything around to fit his window or? Uh, we shifted a few things, okay. yeah. Hmm. Um, but, it, it, man, we, by the way, this guy couldn't be more professional. Like, I designed the shoot in a way to where, like, if he want, like, it was long, demanding days. Like, we shot, it was like, a, like an hour-long episode that we only had Brad for, like, he gave us four full days, and like Crazy. we're talking like wow. Crazy. we're talking like overnight. Like we're starting shooting at like nine p.m. and going to like six a.m. What would that be fee wise, Dove? Four days with Brad Pitt. He can name whatever price he wants. He's doing it because he wants to. Oh no, of course yeah, he's doing the show like because it's like millions, like an eight million A-level right? star. This doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. an episode of TV is yeah. like since not friends even about, or something yeah. like that. Friends, yeah, it was just thirty years ago. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it was, that was so, a great episode. I gotta say. The most validating moment of my life. Like, Has you know, to be. Prior to that, it was when LeBron James reached out to me and DM'd me about being a fan of the show. But like working with Brad, and it's a shame that I live my life like just trying to impress LeBron James and Brad Pitt, and that's how I find the peace and satisfaction. <laughs> it's not that most of us do. Yeah, most of us. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, but what, like him coming, and then when he finally showed up on set, and I was like, "This is real." And I get, like I said, like like shooting scenes, like you know, you shoot. His coverage, my coverage. We always started with his coverage. Yeah. And I got the body double with the exact body type. And he stayed of in? And I'm like, Brad, like, if you want to go home and rest up, like, we can use this other man's shoulder very easily. <laughs> he was like, never yeah. in a million years would I do that. He was like, that's not how it should be. So, so, so real quick, just wow. for everybody at home, explain, like, when you're shooting a when show. When you're shooting a show, yeah. So let's say I'm here and Brad is 
like uh, here. Me, yeah, yeah, me and you. Yeah, yeah. So you, you if the camera's on, Dave. Yeah, uh, sometimes you can do things called cross coverage, which is there's a camera here and a camera here at the same time. That's really good for like improv and stuff, but it's not as good aesthetically. You can't like light things as yeah. particularly to do it that way. So you're better off aesthetically shooting one side at a time. So I would always start shooting Brad's side. Of course. So that way he could leave he after could leave, his Because we, we got a body double, because when we're shooting yeah. over Brad onto me, all we need is his like flannel shirt and shoulder. And we had a man for that. Yeah. And but he was like no sir like Respect. he was like that yes, is fine. That is he fine. wanted That's me to fire. feel I would never Brad's have that energy kind of when I'm giving my performance yeah. and honestly it is true like he, that is the right thing to do and. But those but nerves extra, are going to be coursing through your veins. You're talking whole, to fucking it, Brad Pitt. Th and that's the vibe of, like, the reality of the scenes we're shooting is that, like, that's I true. am enamored with Brad Pitt, so it would be easier for me to <laughs> feel fine. enamored. But it's an extra, like, it's not 30 minutes. It's, like, eight hours or whatever extra that he's standing there doing that, I assume, right? Yeah, it's, like, four four hours. Yeah. yeah. And it's, like, in the dead of the middle of the night. He could easily <laughs> have this. He's got to come back the next day. And, like, yeah. the ne and he, man, talk about a trooper. Didn't complain once. Like, yeah. was just a joy. Uh, like, a true joy. That's amazing. Yeah, I think it's and I think it's smart for the super super A list guys also to do cultural shows. Meaning, like when I say a cultural show, I mean like it, it has the culture. People are talking about it because it makes them look cool too, right? Like how likable is Brad Pitt that he's a fan of the same show that you are a fan of, right? Mm -hmm. Right, and yeah. then he's part of it, and you know he doesn't need the money. He's no, just doing it he to be a cool got guy. That much money, like I think that like TVs pay. Man, You've got to like legally give him something. Yeah, there's some, like it's yeah. not even like it's pretty surprising how low you know TV pay can be for e even big time actors. He didn't do it for the money. He did it because he loves the show, and I'm so proud of that episode and uh, forever grateful to Brad for changing my life. Now, if you don't get Brad, did you have a backup guy you could reach out to? Uh, I definitely had. But, but it wouldn't have been the same. And but who, who, who was it? I, there was no real backup to Brad, to be honest with you. Like, I had people in my mind, but, like, yeah. it just didn't feel... Yeah. yeah, yeah, there's somebody. Just tell him it's Ben Affleck. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I love Ben Affleck. I tried to get Ben Affleck in the Met Gala episode, and he was, like, the schedule, he was almost in. He, oh, like, really? Yeah, he was... I had a great thing for Ben Affleck in that. It's, it's so validating to, like, pursue these icons... Yeah. ...with, like, a straight face... You know what I mean, and and like they're and there's a chance they'll do it. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a amazing. Really great feeling. That's amazing, and I'm really thankful. All right, question. I know you're heavily involved in the editing process. Oh yeah, you're obviously acting. You now, how involved are you in the writers' room? I'm the, the head writer. So just couldn't be couldn't be more involved in there every day. Like I'm the. However, you know, we break basically every episode starts with like an idea. Like this episode, we want to be trapped in a hurricane with a conservative Christian family. And those are typically your ideas, or Some, it varies. Okay. Uh, it varies. I feel like back in the day, season one, it was mostly my ideas, and then as time goes on, I run out of ideas. Yeah, yeah. and uh, we just make more and more different. But it varies. And once we have an idea, then we gotta like really map it out about just like breaking the episode, and then we do that as a group. We do it really well. It's so fun. It's my favorite part of the. So whole it thing. starts out as like one almost sketch concept, just a core idea, and then. Extrapolate. Yeah, to the point. And then we give the script off to a writer to write the first draft. And like they're writing prose almost, like not jokes or anything. They're just like no, they're, they're, story arc. No, the story arc is totally created in the room by all of us to the point where like whoever's getting that draft to write, 
there's really no room for deviation. They're not going to like be like, you know what? Instead of this thing, I had them go here. Got like it. they they have a very rigid thing that they have to like. I'm going to go here, second scene, and in that scene, I'm going to have a conversation with Gaeta, and it's got to go like this. They'll be able to make up, you know, good jokes and different dialogue. So yeah, they things. plug in jokes. The structure is very set. Yeah. You guys plug in some of the funny stuff, and then whatever. And, and then, then the script it. comes to me, and then like I like honestly redo a lot of it, and the, so I'm, I feel like the writing is probably where I'm. I guess I'm involved in every phase. I was going to say the most writing, but I'm, I've, I have no other experience than making this show, like as far as being on a set and like besides making Lil Dicky music videos. This is the only way I know. I've been told that I'm more hands-on than anyone like ever is. But Who teaches I, you the process of all of this? Uh, predominantly this man, Jeff Schaefer, who's the- Yeah, co- Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. Who, so, who's, I mean, Jesus, you could, yeah. you could yeah. list Legend. his credits, but yeah. Yeah, Curb Your Enthusiasm, The League, like this guy's the Bill Belichick to my Tom Brady. Like, you know, yeah. no network was gonna like be like, here, little Dicky, like, we love your Save That Money music video. Here's right. the 30 to 50 million dollars. They need some security. Yeah, so they brought in a guy to essentially babysit. So and, they brought you know, him in, that's fire, that's- Well, no, I met with him, they didn't okay. bring him in. I, okay. I knew that- I that I wasn't going to sell the show without having a guy like Jeff, and then okay. when I, and then I met you're tons. Obama, he's Biden. <laughs> <laughs> I like Belichick Brady, yeah. <laughs> but and, and then I love working Belichick with this man. Belichick without Brady, though. You know what I mean? Biden did. So That's true. You got to think about that. Well, I, I'm I'm Brady. Okay. Brady won without Belichick. Mm. <laughs> but, but but he's Belichick. He's got, he's got hits though. Is my point. I feel like I, I'm. Schaefer's win. got hits too. Is what he Schaefer said. Schaefer does have hits. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's great. Uh, Dude, he must be in that thing. I'm, I'm trying to. No, he does. I'm trying to sure. You think you're calling Schaefer Positano? I think no. that's what you're doing. Schaefer's Bill Belichick, the best coach of all time. But, but wasn't the best until he had Brady. Uh he was. Kind of sucks without Brady. Him so no, far. he doesn't suck without him. Then he's then fine. Maybe it's a bad comparison. Thank you. We get it. You're Brady, yeah. which I think I'm is the Brady, most important yeah. part of Phil Jackson that. was Phil Jackson. 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 Phil Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Phil Jackson. Yeah. Kobe, Kobe Jackson. Kobe, because he had Jordan. I mean, where he yep, won yep, all yep, that. Yep, yep, yep. Kobe's Phil, or do you yeah. want to be, seems like you want to be Jordan. No, I like Kobe. You, Kobe's good? Kobe is my idol. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, it was, it, I, I would never have been able to make the show without Jeff Schaefer. Like, just simply having a guy I trust, like having no idea how, the, I'm just, I'm like very much like, I question At, the way things are done all the time. Yep. So it's really a relief for like someone to be like, no, like it's not that way. Trust me, and maybe like, okay, you make my favorite show ever. I can, I can, I can trust you. As opposed to someone who didn't have that cachet, I'd be like, hmm. why would I trust you? Yeah, like, you're yeah, just yeah. a man right. right in front of me. So, right. so, <laughs> so Jeff puts you on game. Is basically like, hey, this is kind of how we'll construct the episodes. And yes. you're like, oh, that sounds good. That sounds good. And then you know, as time goes on, I really like. I, I've, I think there is a huge tonal. Sh- I call it the. I, I always say, like, you know, every season I say, guys, I hope you're ready for a massive tonal shift. That's what I always say, because I just think tonally, if you look at all three seasons, they are very different. And I think, uh, it, while being similar at the same time and feeling like the same show, mm. but I feel like I, even my taste has uh, evolved so much to where, you know, I look at a lot of season one, there's a lot that I like about it, there's a lot that I'm just like, that's like a amateur hour compared to like what we're doing season three. You know what mm. I mean? And it's really a product of like, when I entered this whole thing, I really saw myself with nothing to base it on as like the next great comedian, you know, with like truly just being everyone's funny friend. And I always thought this show will be my launching pad for being a comedian. When I say comedian, I don't, I've never done stand up. I don't mean stand up. I mean like, the way Seth Rogen and Larry David exist on screen and their brand of comedy. And then as things have evolved, 
like I totally see myself as a, a filmmaker now to where like I want to be making, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like I look at guys like Jordan Peele and Greta Gerwig and Ben Stiller, you know, Ben Stiller yeah. like carried like the best comedy things of like our childhood mm-hmm. and then decided, you know what, I'm just going to be the best director in the world and make like Escape from Danamora and Severance. And I really love that vibe. Oh, yeah. so you want to move away from comedy? I don't want to move away from comedy because I, I, I don't think I should abandon that. But I definitely want to make non-comedy things. Like I definitely f- feel like my future is not just making comedy. Like I want to make movies any, that aren't any, even- any specific genre you're interested in. Like uh, I think horror fits so well with uh, Jordan because comedy and horror are incredibly similar. Yeah. Uh, well, my. And no matter what genre, I pride myself in realism. You know what I mean? So if I had to pick a genre, I'd pick drama, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, I really love great dramas and great... Like, I love movies like The Wrestler. Mm. You know what I mean? And, mm. uh, and like, movies that just... Like, like I love, like, A24. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. And I always took you for, like, a Marvel guy. I assumed you would just love Marvel. Yeah, like Iron Man yeah. 3. You're like I an love, Iron Man 3 love, guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I am. I am. Yeah. That's what you like the most, though, right? Like, yeah. his Marvel movies. Like, what? Can you list your top <laughs> yeah. 10 favorite Marvel movies? Yes. Or top 20 if you want. Uh, no, I can't. Uh, <laughs> do no such thing. Uh, but I, I, I just love, and I've fallen in love with the act of filmmaking. And, like, I realized, like, you know, there's, being a filmmaker is just being like a leader of the set. And like, I saw this thing on Instagram the other day where Quentin Tarantino was like, being a director, like, you don't have to know how to do all the things. You just have to know what you want and what your vision is and hire the right people that can achieve your vision mm. and be really good at eloquently explaining what you're going for. And then the right people will be able to hear your words and then apply it. And that's really yeah. is. Filmmaking. Conducting, I, right? Yeah. That, yeah. Like, yeah. can a conductor play all those instruments? There's no way. No way. But he knows how to get all those people to play those instruments perfectly. Yeah. Guys, real quick, we got to interrupt this episode for our prize picks. Sing locks. Are you fucking ready? I'm going to give you different ones next week. This week, I got Debo Samuel getting more than 57 and a half receiving yards. Christian McCaffrey getting less than 36 and a half receiving yards. Might have a big day rushing. I don't think receiving. And Patrick Mahomes, you're giving you a free square, more or less than a half a yard passing. Just take more. And remember, if you sign up, use that promo code Schultz. They will match your initial deposit up to $100. That means you put in $100, you get $100 for free. Go to prizepicks.com. Hurry up and sign up. You got a free square. Now let's get back to this episode with Little Dicky. I find it amazing how you just like, your first time, your first go at it, you knocked it out the park. Thank you. What was something that, like the hardest lesson you had to learn mm. along the process? Mm. Well, there's, I'll just, I, I'll tell you what jumps into my mind. Mm-hmm. One is how time-consuming it is. Like, you know, I can't even believe what happens mm-hmm. to my life when I make this show. Like, starting with, like, the writer's room, and I'm not complaining because it is, like, what a privilege and a gift to make a show about my life that I'm in control of. That, mm-hmm. But, like, just the amount of sheer time it takes to Dude. put it all together. Every season is, like, an 18-month journey of, like, where I'm all in every day. Talk about post. Post is the hardest part. Post is. Post is the hardest part. With deadlines. Explain post to oh people. Oh, my God. Real quick. Quick. So post is just when the show is finished being shot, you have to Three edit. phases. So you yeah. write it, you write it for three months. That's the most fun phase. Yeah. That's coming in with like a group jokes, like this. Ideas. We're hanging yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. smart and funny and yeah. we're learning about life. Yeah. Uh, then you shoot it. 
harder than writing it because it's like you're getting picked up at like four in the morning every day and like you're working every day and you got to facilitate all these celebrities. And you're not just acting, you're managing all these people as well. Totally. I'm like, you know, I, I'm, I'm a working huge part on the of the next directing trip. of everything. I'm like, I, there's tons of decisions that need to be made and I have no problem being the person make. I would like to be the person making the decision. But you also got to get into character. Also got there's Not a lot really, of that's things. That's the one thing that I'm like lucky. Like with this, the thing I think about the least is the acting. Like I put so much time and energy into the writing, the like the set, like the just like the the tone, like like how we want it to be shot, look and feel. That takes up every ounce of my energy, and then I'll enter a scene being like, huh, like actually haven't even given this any thought as an actor, but fortunately- You're just being you I'm being in that myself moment. and yeah. it's written for, like I know how I would react in yeah, a situation. Yeah. So I can just like live off my instincts. Yeah, yeah. It'd be a lot harder if like Scorsese wanted me to play like a yeah. Civil War soldier. Like I don't know what I would do in this, you know what I mean? Uh, and, then, and then so you finish which shooting- though? Just yeah, tell us no. which side. Yeah. North or the South? North. Right. Good. 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 But only because he's from Philly. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. close though. Yeah. That Mason Dixon is right there. Okay. Look at post. So post. Then you finish shooting the show and you're fucking. You're drained. Like yeah. that shoot takes up every ounce of your energy. And then guess what? Not even close. That to thing does. starts to air in like eight weeks, and you Fire gotta. And once you're like, they're not moving back the air date. Uh-uh. So once once that first episode airs every week, you're like locked into the schedule. And what has happened with my show is. And it's not because I'm this like endless perfectionist who like needs to take, it just takes X amount of time. Yeah. No, here's what it is. Okay, here's what it is. You tell me what you do in your, my position. Like, okay, we have a scene. I would like to see every take. Yes. Just so I know exactly that I'm picking that. the right, the exactly best take. Exactly that. And so, yes, I could do it in a way where there's a solid take in the edit and I could move forward without, but I would, but every time I look into it, I then find a better take and then incrementally the show just gets better. Yep. That's the reason the show is so good is because I do this no stone unturned method, which really isn't endless pontificating. It's just going through all the data and obviously having a right choice and just picking it. And then I inch along and then I'll finish like four episodes and then the first one airs and then the, my time gets smaller and, and I'm handing in every episode like five days before this thing airs. And by the way, not only do you have to lock the, the edit, then you gotta score the whole thing, yeah, which yeah. I'm so, and we have such great score and it's a huge part of the show. Yeah. I'm so involved in that. We gotta color correct it. <laughs> the I music cannot suck. No. <laughs> You're a musician. <laughs> yeah. 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 The expectation is gonna be high. Yeah. And it's and it elevates it. Dude, I remember Entourage would just like the the score really elevated the show. They would have songs that were like out mm, a week before the boss. episode. Yeah. And you yeah. were like, holy fuck. By the way, and that's not even what I mean. That's the easy stuff. That's like, yeah, let me put this cool song in here. I'm talking about writing a song for original, like yeah. I need like a great emotional violin piece for the scene where the okay. character's crying and it's gotta like make it all work well. Right, right. You know, right. it's so there's a lot of different needs and then it's really so. I forget the original question that was asked. Post and why post is so stressful. Yeah, is it that you're post is the deadlines, yeah. the timelines, and like ten straight weeks you have to deliver this thing, and you're running out of time to the last. And then by the end of it, like the thing, and then I just realized all ten episodes just aired, and I didn't even get to like watch them on TV or enjoy the feeling of people reacting to them because I've been like working the hardest I possibly could work mm. to even make it to the season finale, mm. and then I arrive here. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. It is wonderful. So, so the uh, Mark had a good Mark had a good uh, metaphor for at least what when it comes to like building a joke, and I think the same thing as you building anything, which is like you're basically creating a sword. And have you ever seen anybody create a sword where you're just kind of constantly I've banging not, on not, it? No, you never seen it in like Game of Thrones or anything like I've that. Seen, I guess people like banging like kind of exactly what I just said yeah, when okay. you said no. 
<laughs> also, so, let me, let me know. I think it's Louis that said that. Oh, did he say this? Yeah, okay, I, so the Mark stole it from Louis. I stole it from Louis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but the idea that you're just constantly like whittling away, and I think that is what you're describing when you're like, I want to see every take. Yeah. Put that one in because I don't think people realize this. A lot of times you'll hand in a movie or a director will hand in a movie and they'll hand it to an editor that wasn't there while the movie was being shot at all. Yeah. He's a guy who's just getting all these footage and you know what? He might have three other things he's got to edit. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to do my best job. I want people to come back to me, but I'm not going to painstakingly look through every single different cut to get the exact word, et cetera. And if you do that, it makes the best product, but <laughs> it is fucking time consuming it's so time consuming and it's really hard but it's my it's literally my name is like that's the on other the thing. line it's called yeah. dave like yeah. it's my life's work the yeah. story of my yeah. life like i wouldn't feel satisfied or comfortable knowing i've left anything on the floor i'm happy to work this hard especially if i can get the result that i want yeah um did I just, jeff get that he probably understood that right yeah he jeff and he's really militant in the edit too and he, yeah he does he like likes to see all the takes and he does get that you say you're not a tortured artist but there is a perfectionist. what did i say that you said you're not like a perfectionist endless perfection but you are in that like i'm listening to the new album now and then the first or second track i think you're like i hate all my old stuff it's all trash this yeah. is what it is and there's that's such a i really admire that where it's like this kind of endless pursuit of always getting better and yeah. everything before is not as good as this and this is what it is yeah I, I do think I am a tortured artist to an extent. Uh, I was just in, in the instance of why the edit takes so long. It's not like there are certain things that like making music is way more. Anything could happen at any moment. I could say any line. I can do it totally differently. When you have like I am so convinced that if I received footage for each like season three, let's say I get all the footage and I edited the show and then you put a men in black like memory eraser thing on me, right? And I forgot everything. And you then I received all the footage, it would be the exact same output. Mm. Because I really think that there is, like, there's always a clear-cut choice for every moment. And, like, mm. one time, you know, my hand might be up here for the, and then the line before it, my hand was down here, and then I'll pick, well, what line is more important? And then I'll, pick, like, back out of whatever is more important and make sure my hand is, in the, you know what I mean? You're going yeah, through yeah. the same decision matrix for every single decision you're totally. making. Totally. Yeah. And I'm, it's, I have an opinion. I was, I, one thing I'm really, like, people, you know, it, it is, uh, it can be, like, it's a lot of work, and like people that work with me, whether it's the mixer, like the editor, yeah. they're like, you're really turning over every stone here. <laughs> yeah. But I think that they respect it because I'm not waffling, and I'm not like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, I just, when presented something, an A or a B, I definitely am gonna, and unless they're really even, That's, I'm gonna have an opinion. And even then it gets tough. If they were even, then I would just focus group it. Then you bring in. That's when I yeah, send yeah. it to the, my most trusted writers and I say A or B. And that happens, and then I'll let it, leave it up to the votes. Yeah. But the opinion, having an opinion as often, that often is like a superpower in and of itself. I think so, yeah. yeah. I think I, I'm, that's one of my strengths is just naturally having an opinion. Mm. Sounds a lot like you, because I, I remember if you're editing, <laughs> you're editing a stand up clip, oh, even it's... though he's not the editor, he will be right there oh, over yeah, your shoulder all night, doesn't matter what time, and it's like, no, no, no. Yeah, let me cut this little incremental thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah. wow. I've mean, yeah. heard stories so, of like yeah. other other shows. The and snap system is great. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can't you just it, it's timing. It's like for yeah. me, like at least with with stand up, there is a musicality to it. So it's just for like sure. boom, boom, and the way that I can communicate that best to the person who is the master at editing is just by either snapping or like uh, you know talking to them about. It. I'm not going to learn how to use Premiere. No, why should you? You spent your whole life perfecting Premiere. I yeah. spent my whole life trying to be a great stand up. Yeah. 
let's work together. But you know how to be like, add eight frames of tail. Yes. And like, you'd be shocked at how much, like eight frames, which, you know, there are 24 frames in a second. You add eight frames of tail to a joke, it Mm. it changes changes the entire feel. And so his his uh, system uh, is saying, okay, stop right now. They'll, They'll catch it that much later, so... I stole this from you. It's when I snap, that's when you stop. Huh. I, I don't have time to get through this sentence. It's too late when I get through this sentence. Yes. So no. with, yeah, so, and then with like, especially when you're editing comedy, I think not even stand up where there's an audience reaction, comedy where there's not an audience reaction, I think a problem that some editors don't pick up on is they will hold too long on the person who's delivering a joke mm-hmm. as if there's like, an expectation of a laugh. You need a reaction to think, yeah. But there is no reaction. Yeah. But you can cut to, if I'm saying something funny that's out, outlandish. And then cut to that, that person in face receiving the information yes. and makes it funny. But some people go, and ta-da, and they're just waiting here. And it's like, now I feel uncomfortable as the audience. Cut to the person that you're saying it to, and now I feel represented. Excuse me, I feel represented. Mm-hmm. So these mm-hmm. little like tricks with, you know, because I'm always considering the audience. I'm like, how is the audience taking in this information? Yeah. If you create discomfort for them and you don't release that tension, they're just sitting with their shoulders up. Yeah. I like you to bring your shoulders up. I want you to feel that yeah. tension. We got to release it. Yeah. But yeah, that's instinct. I mean, you, you know. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, Do you think you have good taste? Yes. Like, the taste and opinion for you is like kind of the same. I the think same it's, uh, yeah. Because I'm making my opinions based off my natural taste. But I think taste is like everything. Like, you know, again, I have no experience in filmmaking. Yeah. But I definitely watch movies yeah. and TV and know what I like and know what I don't like. And the more and more experience I get, the more I'm able to actually be able to like execute these things that yeah. I see. But at the end of the day, like your taste is gonna define everything you do. And I I, I think I have good taste. Favorite movie ever? Ooh. Yeah. Actually, let me caveat that. Okay. Favorite movie, or the most underrated movie? Oh, it's a totally different question. Yes. <laughs> most underrated movie. Uh, like, what's that hit movie that you actually like and you're like, no, 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 this this deserves more credit? I mean, I don't, I, this isn't necessarily my answer because it's the type of thing I would want to put more thought into. Sure, you know? sure. What's the movie with Steve Carell and 40-year-old virgin? Crazy Stupid Love. Dinner exactly. For mm. I knew that's a nice, I know that's you a, That's a real is, underrated. Is, is that with uh, fucking fantastic yeah, Emma Stone? Gosling and Gosling. Gosling. Yeah, that's a great movie. Great comedy. You know, yeah. there's another one that I thought was really underrated. It was, uh, I think, the Seth Rogen one with uh, Catherine Heigl. Not, no, not Knocked no. Up. Or no, who, who, uh, the one where he's like, she's like the president or something. Wow, see, it's I underrated. Boycotted really, that. No. I boycotted that movie. Long shot. <laughs> Long shot. Yes, I think that's... But look, you better believe it. Those are, look, when you ask my favorite movie, yeah. I, I, which I think is an easier question for me to answer okay. than it's underrated, um, I think of Superbad. Okay. I think of The Big Lebowski. Oh, Big Lebowski's fantastic. Lebowski. So. I, I think of Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank, Shawshank is, is incredible. Yeah. There's, a, there's a perfect example of like an incredibly popular and uh, cherished film that lives up and exceeds expectations. For sure. But you know what else I think of? And I think of, like, when you say, like, you want to move away from comedy, and I'm like, not necessarily, like, to me, there'd be nothing more uh, that I want to do than make, like, the next social network. Ooh. You know what I mean? Like, that is a movie that I think is, like, of the utmost taste. 
it's it's contemporary, it's cool, it's real. Do you want it to be biographical? No, not necessarily. Like you know, I wish I had made the Social Network about the story of. I mean, I I love the way that they did it. They did yeah. a perfect, it's a perfect movie. But like that, like making the Social Network is uh, like in theory more appealing to me than making Forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> Even though I love Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and you would imagine that maybe my natural skill set is probably more inclined to dominate Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I don't know if that's true. I mean, I think I would do a great job making a great comedy, and I do want to make great comedies because I think there's like a real void in the comedies. Like when I, I was younger and being influenced, the Judd Apatow, comedy Judd Apatow was just yeah. smashing us. Like every yeah. year was something that you had to go see in Friday, theaters. man. Friday, Friday to me is great it's too. a movie that as much hype as it gets, is still underrated. And there's something weird going on with comedy right now where like no one's doing no one's What do you think it is? I don't know. You know what I've heard that makes sense. Don't perform well at the box office. Yeah, I've heard international money is such an influence now in movies. Comedy isn't as international. Hmm. Like a lot of jokes are kind of, if you're in America, in the culture, you get it. And if not, you're like, I don't, they didn't land. But Marvel works in China. And Marvel, you don't need to, yeah. That's what they say. You just got to bend your knee to China. But but even the comedies that get made, I'm like, I think I think there's like, this is probably perfect storm, multifaceted question because I'm sure there's part of you know the situation where there are people that are maybe scared to make edgier jokes at a time where remember films are two years out right so everything in film is two years ago yeah you're right. right so maybe it was a more sensitive time two years ago now things are kind of opening up you can say whatever you want and maybe in two years we'll have those films come back, those R-rated comedies come back. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a little bit of sensitivity from executives. They're like, I got my kids in private school. I'm trying to build a pool in this house and build an extension. Do I really want to like roll the dice on my career with this like edgy movie that's got jokes about retards and trans people? I don't really think I want to do that. Let's just be safe with this Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. So I think there was a little bit of that. Maybe. But I also do think that they were concerned about this like international box office thing. But the weirdest thing is that like everybody I meet that tells me they learned English, they learned it from cartoons. Right. Which are all, it's the Simpsons, family (laughs) guy. So you are learning English Mm -hmm. through comedy. Yeah. So I don't subscribe to this idea that it doesn't travel. But you know, it does travel way easier. All right, man. Yeah, but I wonder like what 40-year-old version did. Like I'm sure it was very successful in America and maybe it didn't travel that well, but I bet it made a lot of money. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> just imagine Europeans like, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> How do you not Is have sex? Urges? Well, yeah. I mean, like, think about when he's getting waxed and he's screaming out, Kelly Clarkson! It's like Oh, we you're get saying the here, references they're going to miss. The reference a bit. is not going to uh, hit in the Middle East necessarily. Yeah. They're going to be like, oh, the girl who won season one of American Idol? That's hilarious. Yeah. You know what I mean? I made $180 million worldwide. International. $27 million budget. I mean, that's, no, not, that's, bad. Nice. that's, that's not, not bad. That's not bad at all. Yeah. No, we're talking. But you know, I, these guys are after me. 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's the thing. He was yeah. making our comedies with. I think they will come back. I also yeah. think there's less, kind of, for whatever reason, people. Uh, out there who are interested in making, it's just like kind of a weird time, I think, where like there's just less uh, comedians making movies or something. Mm. Yeah. That's fair. Did, did you finish writing your movie? Me? Yeah. No, but I mean, I'm working on it right now. Oh, really? Ooh. Yeah. Do you now, have is a it topic? Yeah, but I don't want to share it. I don't want to share it. Okay. Pure comedy or comedy drama or can you give us genre at all? Uh, and this is something I'm actively. I actively consider as I write my first movie that I want to like be like my, you know, written by, directed by, starring me, like my first real like boom. This is like the future of my career. I first off, definitely a comedy. Coming of age, I would say that's a thing I'd apply to it. If that and but no, it won't I don't want it to just be like a goofy comedy. I want it to have tons of heart, be really real, and I want it to 
ideally be the type of movie that you'd consider in the best picture category just as yeah. much as you'd consider, you know, that, that's what I'm going for. But it's hard to straddle that line. Like, it's like, you, you know, you want to make this, like, big, epic commercial comedy. And it's hard to do that while also, like, being this critical darling that ultimately that is where my taste lies. Like, and I'm not mm. trying to just, like, appease critics. I just genuinely like great art, you know? Mm. And I think a lot of... The, a lot of the great comedy movies, like maybe take like the artfulness of the way it's shot, will take a back seat, or the mm-hmm. you know, I don't want that to take the back seat. I, I've kind of evolved to a place where I can't even enjoy a scene that I don't like the way the set design looks, which hmm. I never thought I'd be that way, but it's true. Yeah. Maybe that's the reason why these movies aren't being made. What? Like just in the sense that people are. They want the comedy movie, but they also want the art to be yeah. in it as well. So it's like you're not. Maybe you're right. I, I do think the audiences the are getting more savvy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Superman they wanted more up. elevated. Yeah. You're saying, yeah. uh, where it could be back in the day, more slapstick, yeah. silly, fun. I mean, but I not remember as thoughtful, and maybe not even the audience. Maybe the artist wants That's that as opposed to the audience. I remember season one of my show when I'm like taking a lot of time to light certain scenes. There are certain people being like. Is a comedy. Like, yeah, why are we who, working who cares as hard? What it looks like? Yeah. And I'm like, who cares what it looks like? I'm like, what are we, we're making, we're filmmaking. Yeah. Like, how could you not care what it looks like? That's like almost the most important thing. So I don't know, but I'm, I think there are some people that can do it all, and I, hopefully, I'm one of those people. What does retirement look like for you? Mm. Ooh, good question. Uh, do you have to accomplish a certain amount of things in order to do that? Do you even envision no, what you're... No, I kind of am, like, aware that I'll never be satisfied, that, like, the goalposts always keep moving. Literally, you know, I just did the thing with Brad, but I feel, like, you know, just as unaccomplished. And, like, so I just think it's a never-ending thing. Like, no amount of awards are ever going to change it, and I know that. And so I don't want... Even though I do care about, like, achievements and, like, I care about doing well and people receiving it well, but I just know it's a never-ending cycle. So I think retirement looks like the ability to be at peace with, like, the things that really... Like, to not have my happiness totally wrapped up in the validation that comes along with my art. Mm -hmm. Like, to be, like, very happy, like, not making something and not receiving all the flowers along the way and just living in the moment and, like, loving how the light is going through the windowsill and the dust is, like, moving in the light. Are you happy right now? Yeah, I am happy, but I oftentimes I ask myself, like, am I happy or does everything go perfectly for me? And, <laughs> and, and I haven't really faced a lot of adversity in life. And if I face adversity, I'd become depressed, you know, but I, I am every day I wake up really happy and I'm truly living my dream. And I'm like, but you're questioning this happiness because I just have a lot of anxiety in general. Yeah. But I think no matter what, I think I'm the type of person that will, no matter what's going on in my life, I will always have X amount of anxiety to apply to anything. Hmm. And if I wasn't making the show, I'd have anxiety about not seeing my parents enough before they die. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it would just be, and I just think that's how I'm wired. And fortunately, my anxiety, like, it only kind of fuels my ambition and doesn't, like, bring me down to a place of, like, where I can't get out of bed. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, functional anxiety that, like, propels me. Yeah, semi-related is not anxiety, but I think one of your superpowers is you can just vocalize the things you're neurotic about where most of us don't. Yeah. And you're so comfortable doing that, and it creates so much room for comedy and content in general. Just being like, oh, here's what I'm neurotic about. I'm just going to let everyone in the world know. Yeah. Mm. Here's what I'm insecure about. Everyone in the world is going to know. Most of us are wired to be like, I hope people don't find out about this thing that I'm insecure about. You're like, you're like, let's just tell everyone. Yeah. So you're an anxious kid. 
that wants validation from strangers. We could say strangers. So you decide to become a rapper. Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, I think at my core, I was like, like I live my life. I feel like that would induce so much more anxiety for most of us. Right? Well, I would think, and it was like initially when I'm like, oh my God, I have to do a concert? Yeah. Like what? I've never even rapped in front of everybody. I don't even like doing karaoke because it's too much. Like yeah. I'm now supposed to go in front of 2,000 people in Philadelphia, do my first live show. Mm-hmm. Very stressful. I'll tell you, like, look, I start off being a kid who, like, <laughs> loves making people laugh. And, like, I think at the, at the core of it is, like, a guy who, you know, I'm very confident and, uh, like, know my oh, skills. But I think there must be, like, an insecurity in me that just wants to be liked. Sure, sure, sure. And I recognized early on that, like, anyone that met me was like, you're the funniest guy I've ever met. And, like, that meant the world to me. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just live my life, like, thinking, how do I... How do I show everyone that I am the next funny guy? Like, I don't think the Adam Sandlers of the world started as anything more than everyone's funny friend. Like, I'm meant to be that guy. So, so question, does rapping start because you did it and people were like, oh, it's funny that this Jewish kid is rapping. And then do you chase it and go, I'm going to get nice at this. Here's what happened. I graduate college and I'm like. Oh, so you didn't even rap before. I graduate college and I'm like, how do I, how do I get noticed uh, for being like the next comedic guy. And I saw Lonely Island, Andy Samberg, yeah, yeah. and them just like dominating the comedic rap space with like everything they did was like millions and millions, hundreds of millions of views. And like, they have, I'm like, there's not one single competitor to them in this entire space. They have a monopoly over comedic rap. Hmm. And I was like, I can do this. What I can't do is write a s- sketch and like film it in like my San Francisco apartment with no money that like looks as good as the 40 year old virgin looks. And like, that's what our brain would compare, like whatever comedy thing I'm delivering on YouTube, they would be like, well, this doesn't feel legit, but like a rap video, like it's very DIY to begin with. And I was like, one of the main things that I did was uh, I did this, I used to work in an ad agency Mm -hmm. and one of the tasks I had, I was the low man on the totem pole. I was like, I really like, like I like gave like notes on the meetings and like emailed it out. And one thing I had to do was this really boring report on how I work for the Doritos account on how our ads were affecting chip sales. And I, it was the one time where I would send an email to all the partners of my agency. And I was like, this is my chance to get noticed for being special. And I delivered the song I'm sorry, I delivered the report one time that was like a boring Word document that was like a template handed down from every assistant account manager before Mm. me. I was like, let's just like deliver this data like via song and send them an MP3. And they were like, (laughs) who is this guy? They're gonna love love this guy. Like, matter of fact, go go take this little song you made and go make a little music video out of it. And then I learned, oh my God, my ad agency has a whole production wing. And they have, and like, wait a minute, I grew up watching Mace and Puffy videos and thinking rap videos are this like unattainable multi million dollar thing that eventually my career would kind of evolve into. But Wait, we can just take one afternoon, we can use these five Canon 7D and we can make slow-mo? And and it looks like a real rap video. And then everyone in my ad agency is freaking out over how much they love this funny song about chip sales. Imagine if I took my comedic thoughts and made funny raps about them. And then I started making rap music with the intention of like, maybe like the South Park guys will see one of these videos and hire me to be in their writer's room or maybe Mm. Seth Rogen will see it. And then... As I started rapping, I just 
got better and better at it. It really works like a sport. I have always loved rap. I've always loved hip hop. Growing up, I like wanted to be a comedian and I wanted to like play in the NBA and be a rapper. Only one of those things felt like remotely feasible. Yeah. And when I realized, wait a minute, I can really do this. And I put out a song called Russell Westbrook on a farm that was like really introspective and not funny at all. And all my fans were like, this is the shit we want the most. <laughs> I was like, I can be the next great rapper. And I got so, then I put comedy career on the back burner for like four or five years and like became a legitimate touring artist and like put out an album that like went platinum and have like a lot of big songs. And it really carried, and look, this is a very arrogant way to phrase it. Okay. But it really is how I feel. And I don't feel like it's me trying to be arrogant in any way other than like observing observing the facts at hand. Like my whole life, like growing up wanting to be a comedian, I always felt like I was Batman. Okay. And I was like, no one knows I'm Batman. And I really feel like I like by accident realized that like not only am I Batman, but I also feel like I'm Superman. Hmm. Like at the same, <laughs> that's really hard because I'm like, wait a minute, I can make a like I, all I, I can make a legit, like a Freaky Friday yeah. that goes number one yeah. in all these nations. Yeah, and like that's just like that's a legit like song. Like I, I was just like, oh my god, and then. I, the music career took off and I put comedy on the side and then I started making my show and my show took off and I put music on the side and that's why I'm so, I don't feel like I've fulfilled my potential as I still feel like I have so, scratching the surface as a rapper, like I know what's on my hard drive, I know what's unreleased and how great I am as a rapper that no one's ever heard Right. and I just want the day to come where I put my best foot forward in music. Yeah, we need some bars, Dickie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dicky, we need some bars, yeah. bro. Like right now, I can't. Yo, come on, give us some never, bars, Dicky. Come on, come on, we need it's some like bars, It's like my biggest, bro. like, I could never just like, Come on, bro. Yo, can you think like, of, yeah, can come on, Dicky. <laughs> can, can we take a break, I pee, and then we come back? I can you think of something? Yeah, you guys go, you guys go, go pee. Yo, think of something in the meantime. No, no, no. We need bars. All right, guys, let's take a break for a second, okay? Because it's time to make that little Dicky a big Dicky. You already know how it's going down. Blue Chew, okay? Big Boner Madness. Blue Chew has got your back. Same active ingredient that's inside Viagra Cialis, but this is the Chew, okay? It's one that we rock with, and this is the one that you're gonna keep your girl satisfied with. Satisfied? No, no, no. You're gonna keep your girl shaking. Mm. She's gonna be shaking. In her thighs, getting the workout, okay? Way better than any of those classes she's doing. This is the Chew, okay? You're gonna get your first month free. First month free, all you gotta do is pay $5 shipping. You go to bluechew.com, use the promo code flagrant, you get your first month free, you pay the $5 shipping, and you enjoy. Let's get back to the show. All right, guys, let's take a break for a second, because listen, some of y'all balls need to get shaved up, okay? Some of y'all balls look absolutely disgusting, and you want girls going down there sucking on them things, and you can't even get that pubic region unpubed. Or at least trim the hell down. Now, I know you're thinking, oh, my God, it's going to take so much time. And I have to, da, 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 da. Manscaped has got your back. They figured the whole thing out. You're going to manscape down there. It's going to look absolutely beautiful. It's going to get sucked on a lot more. Simple as that. I don't know if I've said anything that's more prolific on this podcast than this simple formula. Manscaped down there, it gets sucked on a lot. Mm. You're welcome. Manscaped has got the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. It's the hero of Valentine's Day with their skin safe technology to protect you from grooming mishaps down low. That's what your girl wants on Valentine's Day is to suck your dick. Copy might be a little off, okay? But in our minds, it's right on point. Because you know what your girl's dreaming about for Valentine's Day? 
sucking on your dick. So don't forget, okay, your face and nose also need trimming. The Weed Whacker 2.0 Nose Hair Trimmer or their Beard Hedger Pro Kit to shape up your scruff. So before the big holiday, check out their new performance package 5.0 Ultra and join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with Flagrant's exclusive offer. You get 20% off and free shipping with the code flagrant at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with Free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code flagrant because your grooming upgrade awaits, ready to charm your Valentine's dates. Now let's get back to the show. And we're back, everybody. <laughs> I just wanted to say, well, during the break, I, I was able to glance at your preparation. Yeah, hold on. Can you show it's it? It's only note. Yeah. It says Lil Dicky. Yep. <laughs> only note. And by the way, misspelled my name. <laughs> I just think that There's you no were- <laughs> Are you telling me there's no E in I look over his notes. It just says Lil Dicky. Hold on. I didn't even put the little thingy, too. Oh, no, no, no. There's no no apostrophe. Wait, what? Yeah. On purpose? They get that wrong all the time. They really do. I get so annoyed. I I go to a venue, and it's like up on the thing, and it says with apostrophe. I'm just like, how dare they? That happens to him. That one's kind of on you, though, to be honest. Are you going to pull No, a lot of Lil's don't have an apostrophe. I think most don't. It's kind of like a 90s, 80s thing. Are you going to pull a Bow Wow and drop the Lil? No. You're just going to be dicky. You grown now, bro. You big dick. Honestly, <laughs> I couldn't, like, I really do, like, hate my rap name, but I also love it. I was going to ask you it's that. A, it's a bizarre feeling of, like, do you feel imprisoned by it? No, it it's the like- perfect rap name. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, it's my cross, it's, it's like far. exactly what I want. It's one of the questions. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I like when people call me LD. That feels good. Yeah, LD. That Gator feels nice. That. Yeah. Mm, yeah, LD is cool. Mm, that feels cool. Yeah. Um, but LD. Maybe I'll. I don't know. Out. I really. I made a whole list. Here's the the, the backup I had to Lil Dicky. That maybe I wonder. I wonder would I be as successful with this rap name? Let's see. Young man. Ooh. <laughs> Two ends on man or no? Young, young man. man is kind of nice. Like but that. then I see this, the the UK rapper Dave. Yes. I'm just like, I that's fuck it. that. that that's I fucked it. that. should have been Dave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should have been Dave. Yeah. 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 But Lil Dicky's interesting. Like, you, you, it definitely like it's polarizing. Yeah, you're like, what is this? Radio yeah. interviews. And then the way you kind of, yeah, the way you rolled out your career fit perfectly with everything. I, I don't have any regrets. It's just. But it's a lie. It, there's thing something I weird to me when, when, <laughs> when I'm on the street and someone's like, yo, Dicky. Like, I just don't relate. Like, I don't feel like I should be turning my head when someone says Dicky. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. there's something. If they said LD, I would, I would turn my head confidently. Yeah. <laughs> now, what happens if you go on and you make this, like, sophisticated, elevated art? You're talking about movies or, or film? Or, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, music can be sophisticated, elevated yeah. as well. But, of course, but film in the way that you described. Yeah. And people are still going, Lil Dicky, will that bother you? Will it chip away at you? No. I think it's irrational. I definitely like, wouldn't, like, if I was directing a movie, I wouldn't ever have it be directed by Lil Dicky. Like, it would be directed by Dave Bird. Hmm. And I think there's just, if I am this level of filmmaker and I still have a rap career on the side that, like, everyone, like, knows me, I think that's just cool. But mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think my music career will ever e-legitimize my filmmaking career. I think it's just two different sides. So you won't rap for us? No, no, no. <laughs> I've seen so many. I've seen so many freestyles from you. Do you know which one that really got me? It was the one you were doing, like a radio show in London or something Westwood. like that. It was Westwood. Yeah. Now, curious. Going into these things, do you have 
a song specifically set up for that interview, or not a song, a freestyle set yeah. up for the interview? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's, that's okay. And there's a misconception sometimes that I'm just making it all up off no, the top No, no, no. I know that you've yeah. written it, but I wonder if it's like, I have 10, I'll just choose one and go for no, it. I'll go in there with like knowing exactly what I want to do. Got and it. you got to execute it, of course. And, yeah. Um, it's nerve-wracking to do, like, to do those things. Yeah, break that down. Like, what was more nervous, Westwood or Sway? Sway. Because you probably built New up. New York. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Hip-hop, yeah, yeah. like, you know, like, you like they, they they hype up, like, the way Sway goes about his freestyles is like, yeah. you're in, like, the hyena yeah, lounge yeah, now. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, it, like, if you fail there, like, it's oh, they're going to, like, probably enjoy it. You know what I mean? Or just, like, yeah. relish in the in the failure of it. So I just thought, like, you know, especially as a white rapper named Lil Dicky who, like, makes joke comedy music, like, yeah. You know, you got to go in there and kill it. And so I was so nervous. Oh, my God. I can't even believe I did it. And then I did it again, and I can't it. But it's probably, like, the, the the footage I'm most proud of that if I would like, was, like, Jay-Z had never heard of me, and he was like, what should I watch first? I'll Check it. Sway Freestyles. How long does it take to write it? Can, I don't know. I don't know. Not uh, Two weeks preparation? No. Like, what's your prep for that? Uh, uh, you know, you got to find the right beat. And uh, I, I, write, I probably write it in, like, two days. Oh, I thought that Sway chooses the beat. No. no. Sometimes he does. Uh, it depends. If you do like five fingers. Yeah. Of- yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Okay, so you're going in there and you're just adjusting it to whatever the beat is. Yeah. That's even trickier. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Westwood. A couple days before, but you're like, no, I know I got to drop a fucking... I love Westwood. I like remember seeing the old Eminem freestyles on Yeah, Westwood. that was crazy. I was just like, I don't know. I think I get more, a lot of like the Sway and the Westwood, I was yeah. like on tour. And like when I'm on tour, like I really feel more like a rapper than I yeah. do when I'm just like sitting around. So I just think I have a different energy where I'm like, all right, let's drop in there and like, and kill it, you know? Mm-hmm. And... It's just another performance. Jesus. Yeah, like I'm okay. in that... But the insecurity is about failing the execution. It's never about the rap itself. Totally. So you're you're very confident about the music. Yes. It's it's just, just, are you going to flub it Mm. in that moment live? Exactly. That's interesting. Whereas most people would be worried about if their art was going to be appreciated by these people. No, there's never that. a question. No, I, I, I always it's feel great. Like, it's okay. <laughs> if I properly execute, we should be good to go. That's how I feel. Mm. Um, but like, look, here's a story that I think is interesting. Like two or three years ago, I was asked by the Emmys to do to be a part of the opening number of the Emmys, and they like it was like a Tuesday, and the Emmys are on that Sunday. And I'm a groomsman in my, like, best friend's wedding, like, mm. on that Saturday. And I was like, oh, my God, like, you know, what an opportunity. Uh, but also, how—and then they were like, oh, it can be, like—maybe I shouldn't be sharing this, but I don't know. I don't give a fuck. Uh, they were like, it's a pre-record. You can record your thing ahead of time. You know, you can record your verse. And then when we're doing it, it will just be a pre-record. So I thought, nothing really to lose here. Uh, let's record—you I, you know, I have three days to record a verse before I go— I then record my verse, send it in. They're like, great, we love it. I fly to Denver to be in a groomsman. And the whole weekend, I'm like listening to my verse. And like, you know, no matter what the wedding songs that are playing, I'm like doing my verse like to every single, <laughs> you know, I'm just like getting. And then I, I go to the Emmys. Like I'm literally like in the, I'm in my white suit. Like we're backstage, they're like count, they're like in you're on in tan. And Gata's right there with me as moral support. And I say to Gata, I'm like, I'm gonna kill this shit. And he's then we daft. I like had such confidence. I go out there. Immediately once I went out there, it, I forgot every word to the thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
right? I forgot everything. It was like a That's bomb had dropped. Rough, dude. I take no. one step out there. I mean, oh, wow. This is the first moment of the Emmys. It's nationally televised oh. live. But I knew it was a pre-record. So like the, my thing is playing, and, and I realized, oh my god, I just need to put this microphone over the right here. No, yeah. and then just like, can we get this, get this video up? And, wait, but you get it up. But yeah. so I, in my mind, I'm like almost blacked out. Like I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what's going on right now. Like if if my mic was live and we were picking up that feed, it was like, <laughs> like it would have been like a failure on like a national scale. Yeah. Um, and then I finished it, and I got off stage, and I was like. Oh my God, like, did I just embarrass? Because in my mind, I like didn't know, I forgot what I was supposed to do. And like, I don't know how my body, and then I watched it and I was like, oh my God, I look so cool. Like it couldn't, and, like to me, it comes off great. So you knew the mic wasn't going to be hot. Yeah. Mm. Saw, and let me tell you, you saw Brad for the first time. <laughs> let me tell you, that's what it was. Brad. I don't know that I don't know that I'm ever doing live TV performance. <laughs> ever again. I don't know. All right, let's me, see it. Hold on. Let's watch it. I'm like, no, 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 like, I have no idea. And then I think I remembered it, like, right now. I started and then it started to come in. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's genius. Because you cannot Walking tell Walking through the crowd, all. too, that you're yeah. even more hidden, it's smart. Dude, all I know is <laughs> that wow. experience has rocked me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I used to, like, imagine myself, like, I want to one day get to the place where I'm doing the Super Bowl. I'm like... No, like, <laughs> I just don't know if it's worth it. Like the, the, the possibility of failure on such a giant, like yeah. all, succeeding doesn't really yield that much. Like I didn't get like that many, like there's nothing really happened for my career by like yeah. successfully making it through that moment. Yeah. And like failing would have the been like, I would have been known for it. The risk reward is not, is not your favor, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think like, uh, like if I can't control the edit, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe I'm a pussy and maybe I need to face my fears. Maybe one day. I will go on stage and my mic will be hot and it will be the Grammys and Dude, I'll go for that's it. That's what we were talking about the other day about like, uh, you know, the more successful you get, the less you have to face your fears. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't have to. Like, totally. You like, can exist. You can edit everything. You can sit, take the time. You can create a track. You can take six months to put yeah. it out if you want. But sometimes the things you really want are right on the other side of what you fear. Yeah. So maybe that Super Bowl... Maybe you're telling yourself right now, I don't need to do this, but yeah. it could just be comfort. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I guess the more and more. Because that sit- shit looked all right, bro. I yeah, ain't gonna lie. Cool. I thought it was gonna be a bum. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's saying the best man speech while he's in there. He, did, yeah. he, he makes yeah. up the, the words. I just think the more and more that my career goes on and I feel like, you know, established and like I've kind of achieved things that I always dreamed of, I feel more inclined to prioritize, prioritize like quality of life and happiness. But what is that to you? What is that? That's not like, being like a month leading up to the Super Bowl, being like, oh my God, I have so much anxiety about like, imagine the month leading up to the Super Bowl when you're not performing on the Super Bowl oh. compared to when you are. <laughs> that being said, I'm well aware that I'm nowhere you're close never gonna to, be I'm never going to be asked to perform at the Super Bowl. No, no, oh, I wasn't saying that. I'm saying like, even if you weren't going to be performing at the Super Bowl, you're still going to be on the greatest coastline in on planet Earth and going... It's a little too rocky. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what what is interesting to me is that like you will choose your distraction from your anxiety. Yes. Do I do you put yourself into film? Do you put yourself into music? But you still need to choose You're something. Right. I'm gonna apply it somewhere. You're yeah. right. And we'll see. Time will tell. Uh, I just know that uh, man, it's a, it can be pretty stressful. Like, mm. like especially as like a rapper, it's not like uh, you know doing stand up would be stressful too. Have you ever tried it? No, I never have tried it. Any interest? Yeah. You've had, I imagine, jokes. You're like, ooh, that would be a good stand-up joke. Uh, I ne- No, 
and I am interested in trying it, but I have such respect for the art form that I know it's well beyond just being a funny human being, and it would require so much time and effort to for me to be the stand-up comedian that I would like hope to be yeah. that I don't even want to try it until I'm ready to apply and myself. And you'd have to fail publicly in the beginning. That's yeah, the you have to fail thing. publicly. You're yeah. a famous person now, so like you going up, yeah. it's going to be but rough totally, in the beginning. Like, I think when you say, like, what does retirement look for? Like I do crave like one stand-up special like at some point in my It could be when oh, I'm 50. Wow. Like I would love to be able to do that. Mix music and you know who did that well? Bo. Yeah, Bo. So like Bo, Bo was yeah. obviously a talented musician, but he also had jokes and he could kind of mix the two and then he could use the music to kind of float in between the bits. I could, and I'll tell you, there are like shows that I do sometimes that, that like are like corporate or like just like where it's small. You got, you got some jokes in between. And I, those are my favorite things where like I get to just chit chat in between. Like even it's my favorite part of performing live is like not even pre-planning it, but like living in the moment, saying something, like seeing someone react, like actually being in the moment with mm-hmm. the crowd, even if it's a small crowd. But I also don't like using music as a crutch. Like, mm. I, you know what I mean? Like I do kind of want to just go up there with a the microphone and just and, and do a stand-up special. Maybe use it in the beginning as you start to build your act. And yeah. then once you have it, yeah. now you're ready to go. Yeah. Because I think that's a lot of times that's what like comics will do when they're trying to build a new hour. They'll have like 15 minutes left over from their last. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a crutch yeah. to get through this new stuff. Yeah. Crutches maybe, there's a negative connotation, yeah. but it at least gets you there, allows you to try the new stuff without just bombing yeah. the entire time. Mm-hmm. But that could be cool. Yeah. And also a very different experience for an audience. Like, I, yeah, if they're going there, they're hearing hits, but then they're seeing these like stories and you have punchlines built into the stories and then there's You're more right. Music. This is an interesting idea. Um, there's a lot that I want to do. I just, I think, I, I wonder, I think I would, I think I have a good skill set for stand-up comedy. I just, I respect the art form too much to just assume, like, as confident as I am, I would, I would, if I went up and did stand-up right now, it would not go well. It's humbling stand-up. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm. It's humbling stand-up. Did you ever feel like any of your live concerts went poorly due to, like, the anxiety? Uh, well, my first concert ever didn't necessarily go poorly, but I had never performed live in front of anybody. Like literally like the way the internet and everything works, like I could create a following online behind a laptop and then all of a sudden have to like be a rapper in front of 2,000 people and I just didn't know how to pace myself. So I just, the the adrenaline was so high for me that the first song I used all my energy. (laughs) I was gassed. Like the whole rest of the show, it felt like I was like, I just like, I just need to survive. I just need to survive this like physically. So I think everyone had a nice night that night, but I remember like then the next night I had New York City and I was like, Uh definitely need to go less hard song one. And I did. And then like, but I was really scared going into it. Like I was like, I never perform. Will I be a good live performer? And now I I was like, oh yeah, very natural. Like I I feel like I'm, I'm a great live performer, but there's something about being a rapper where there's a whole different swag that is required where like if I even move my body in a corny way, even if I don't fuck up the words, but I just do a lame dance, I'll be like scarred by that. You know what I mean? And like the internet will run with that and be but like, again, what a persona is not trying to be the coolest yeah, rapper. Right. You're like right. they might be, they might think that you're doing it on purpose to you're be right. funny. Yeah. I do have, I can, I'm built to fail. I thought about that with the Emmys. Like, if you went on there and you bombed, people in the audience would probably be thinking, It's a bit. Oh, he's doing it. Oh, let me tell you, if I ever do live perform again, 100%, there That's will the be bit. a built in <laughs> failure plan B where, like, if I fail, 
In we, West we, Philadelphia. We, we, will just, <laughs> we will roll into the failure package. It might even be better than what would have happened if I didn't fail. Yeah. You know, but I will definitely have a plan for failure. Has, have, has, have, has anybody not liked your stuff? Like anybody you admired not liked it? And what did that feel like? Uh, a lot of people don't like Lil Dicky, the standalone rapper. Like, especially like, you know, your elitist journalists who like, you know, are like, you know. How do you deal with criticism? How do you, like, because uh, let me just caveat this. Is you're a very confident person. Yeah. I actually don't interpret it as arrogance. I just interpret it as like confidence and you objectively, almost like. I analyze the facts at hand. It's like. It, it's fire. almost autistic. What a fire! You, you know what I mean? Like I, you're like you're like this is the data, great. and totally. I'm I I would say that this thing is better than me, honestly, if I felt that way. And I'm sure there's people you think oh, yeah. are better, and yes. you would just objectively yes. say. That. So I don't interpret totally. it as arrogance, but that's like I'm sure there are people who might. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with criticism? Uh, I tr I try not to get wrapped up in it, but like, and I try Sensitive to, to it at all? I or? am, I okay. try to avoid it, really. Like, I think really? like what I would do is like, you know, back in the days, like I would read every comment that yeah. was made about every song and like episode. And like, yeah. I would get like 95% positivity, but the 5% negativity- it Eats at you? Eats at me and it, caused, it changed my mood. And so I just like, I yeah. just realized that's gonna happen no matter what. There are oftentimes criticism, like there, there's probably criticism of me early in my career for my earliest Lil Dicky stuff that like at the time I was like, fuck that, I'm the greatest rapper in the world. And now I look back at it and I'm like, Maybe what worthy fair. criticism. Like I, <laughs> yeah, 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 I did yeah, yeah. kind of suck. Interesting. And, and so, like, and that is that was one thing. Just because my mentality really hasn't changed. Like, I've always felt like the shit that I'm making is great. And then, yeah. like, I'll look back on it and be like, maybe it's not. And so, me knowing that I could always look back at whatever I think is great right now and view it a little differently makes me like not. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I, I try. What my favorite thing is is for people. I oftentimes people greet. Whatever little dicky content is coming with immediate pessimism going into it. And then get won over. I love winning them over. Like, I, I would much rather perform on stage at a f random festival where I am one act and I go out there and I see, I just see the same kind of guy who is predisposed to hate me in the crowd like this. And I just lock eyes with that person. And I eventually, like, I see them going like, and like, there's no better feeling than winning over yeah. a, a natural born hater. Yeah. There's a, well, that's probably your life. Yeah. Right. And I remember seeing that. I think it was the first episode of Dave. Mm -hmm. Was it the first episode with YG and his yeah, boyfriend yeah, yeah, in the yeah, studio? Yeah. And that moment presents itself, right? Yeah. You're like, okay, they all think that I'm this kind of like awkward weirdo mm -hmm. and I'm going to spit some bars. And in the begin the first couple bars, you're like doing a teapot dance and yeah, it's yeah, almost yeah. like, uh oh, this yeah. might not go well. We're easing into it. Yes. Which yeah. is, I think, a good choice. Yeah. If it's the first bar is just the greatest thing you ever heard, yeah. then the audience can also have that transition. Yeah. Great. Okay. Totally. So interesting. So you like winning the people over. Now, mm, yeah. But I, look, but some people I you're not going to prefer to yeah. be like what I what I crave deep down yeah. it will never happen. What I crave deep down is like the undeniable love and respect of everyone on earth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's it's a worthy pursuit. That's yeah. great. Yeah. That's, that's great. what I'm craving. <laughs> yeah. And it will never happen. You know what I mean? But like I like want to I crave deep I, down. <laughs> <laughs> like at least respect. I literally, at least thought, respect. I literally thought it was going to be like just inner peace. I just yeah. wanted to be with myself. No. It wasn't that the validation all. of every stranger, yeah. past or present. But I know it's a problem. I know it's wrong. Never having to search for inner peace. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. It'll never happen, and I have to be at peace with that. And okay. 
But like, yeah, I just kind of want to like, even if I'm not your cup of tea, I would, I want to be able to get to a, a place where any criticism would be like, he's, it's not my thing, but like, man, for what he does, he is great at it. Like yeah. there are plenty, like that's what I'm trying to. Do you, do you, do you think there's a ceiling on that craving? I think a ceiling. Uh, like, uh, in terms of aspiration or no, whatever, there is. I mean, the ceiling is the whole population of the earth, which is <laughs> that's growing. That's the literal yeah. ceiling, yeah, it's growing you know. Uh, and you, as you know, comedy doesn't travel well internationally. So yeah. you gotta figure it out. <laughs> it's gonna be learn some Mandarin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know, but what, what criticism hurts more of the show or of the music? Ooh, the show. Any criticism towards the show, I really like. Look at it as just like misguided criticism. Like to me, I don't know how you'd criticize the show. I hate to say it. <laughs> what about there was like this, but music. Um, I kind of like sometimes I'll, uh, especially my old stuff. I'm like I listen to it and I'm like ooh. Like so I get. Why is that? Is you think because you put so much into the show or why? I just think that. With mu- with the show, I like music. Really, is a ten thousand hour thing for me. Where like I just like like I've I had a natural a naturally good starting place, but I've just developed my craft and just got better and better at rapping to where now just the way I deliver it, just the way like I just like really believe my own swag way more present day than like if I go back and watch twenty thirteen videos. With the filmmaking and comedy and TV, I just think I naturally kind of rolled out of bed just already great at it. It's like more, it's just, mm. it's less of a, you know, the way I'm talking to you right now is how I talk in the show. And mm. like, I think I just like end up like, the, my brand of comedy, for example, I'm not like the best, like Will Ferrell is so great at like being an impersonal, like putting on these like different characters yeah. and like dominating. Like my best form of comedy is just being myself and the way I speak is funny. And my show is way more naturally the way I just am in life than like if I started rapping right now, that kind of is like a little bit of like I have to turn into like a yeah, little bit of a, a different bit. superhero yeah. than, I'm, than I am when I wake cake. up out of bed, yeah. you know? There was that stuff with Theo, Vaughn, he was upset. Like how do you deal with how do you deal with something like that? I've never, I'm happy that you brought that up. So I have never stolen any jokes whatsoever. But like, how do you handle that? Like, I don't think that. Well, that particular instance, I, I think to myself, well, I don't understand why he would think that I, I, I haven't stolen, you know, the, uh, to catch, I don't know if you guys are aware of the context of it. And I only recently am aware because I saw a comment that it said. It was just on the internet. And, and yeah. yeah, I think he was doing like a barstool show. And you guys both had a similar idea in the show. Right? Yeah. Well, he had it in I something, and, the, and then you he had it on a podcast. He said it on a podcast. About the wooden then, shirt thing. Yeah, it was like a wooden shirt, and then you guys had it in the show. Now, I remember when we came up with the wooden stuff in the writer's room, and it was totally built on a different idea that was about like a one single, like a man whose entire house was made of wood down to the clothing. Yeah. And then it ended up, we ended up not going with that storyline. Yeah. Ended up doing one small, really inconsequential scene of my series where a guy was just selling wooden shirts. Yeah. I promise you, it wasn't, I've never, and I, whenever I see content of Theo Vaughn's online as I'm scrolling, I totally think. I think it's funny and I respect it. Yeah. I've got no animosity. I've just never met him. We have so many mutual friends. Yeah. I always was under the understanding that like accusing a co- comedian of stealing jokes is like it's, a major taboo. It's, and it's, it's big the deal. biggest, yeah. It's a big, so big deal. I, I was like, well, just reach out to me and let's talk. Cause yeah. I've never, and I have nothing but respect from what I see of his content yeah. online, but I never have stolen any joke. That's really my immediate reaction. Yeah. It's not like, I'm not hurt by it. I'm just like, why would that, why would he? be so insistent that I, when I never would. Right, right, two people can't have the same idea. It's a pretty broad idea, like yeah. the idea of wooden clothing. Yeah. I, I don't know, <laughs> like, I'm sure there, I don't know. See, it's kind of specific the way you just yeah. said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. You know, like, but I'm sure like, men and women are different. Yeah. 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 Very one dimensional. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I Have you guys spoken at all? No. Why don't you guys just talk, why not? 
Yeah, I, I would. Because I think a lot of times what would happen in these situations is, you know, both sides explain their part and then you go, oh, okay, I see why this, you know, these two different comedians came to this conclusion and it wasn't sure. somebody that's no, trying I, to I, bite. I'm yeah. definitely down to, I have no beef with him whatsoever. I don't like when, you know, if, if I post something and I see like, stop stealing Theo's jokes, like it's just, I don't, I'd never have done that. Yeah. And I think the, there's only one joke in question. It's yeah. not like I've made like a career, you know what I mean? I don't even know what other jokes were even questioning. Yeah. Like three one, seasons of television. Right. Yeah. One joke. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a thing. I think like now with the internet, there are so many more people putting things out that the possibility of two people having a similar idea is infinitely higher than back in the day where there would be 10 comedy specials a year. Yeah. And you just need to cross over in those 10. Now you have a million pieces of content that are out there in the world and you're gonna see people with similar ideas. You see it happen with memes, you see it happen with you know written pieces, you see all these types of things. So I don't think it like immediately means that one person is stealing from another. All I know is that my soul feels very pure and clean. Like I, do I just think you guys are both great, and I would love you guys to both just be like, hey. Set it up. You're yeah, friends with everybody, right? I, I will. Yeah. I will set that up. Yeah. I will set that yeah. up. For you? Yeah. I will set yeah, that up. Great. Let's go. On the you beach in post with Brad. Yeah. Put us in touch with BP. That feels equivalent. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you have some verses that are like kind of wild. Mm. Like you'll be like, uh, like bend over Michelle Obama is like an insane line. Oh, yeah. What is? Yeah, Were there yeah, any yeah. lines that you wrote or even scenes from the show? You're like, yo, this can't go away. All right, guys, let's take a break for a second. Listen, today's episode is proudly sponsored by Morgan and Morgan America's largest injury law firm. They've been fighting for the people for over 35 years with a remarkable track record. They've recovered over 20 billion with a B dollars for their clients and have helped over 500,000 families. But here's the exciting news. Not only does Morgan and Morgan have their clients' backs, they got your backs too. In collaboration with us over here at Flagrant, they are gonna give one lucky fan Two grands and two tickets to catch your boy perform the life tour in Los Angeles this coming March, okay? Yes, you heard it right here. You could be the lucky winner. They're giving you two grand in cold hard cash and two tickets to my show at the Kia Forum in Los Angeles. I mean, this is an opportunity of a lifetime and entering is incredibly easy. This is all you have to do. You just text flagrant to for the people. That is 484-373-6753 and follow the prompt for your chance to win two grand and two tickets to my show. Just text flagrant to for the people. That's 484-373-6753. Now let's get back to the show. All right, guys, let's just face the facts. Sometimes you hit a gummy looking for a good time and nothing really happens. And sometimes you are gone. That is why we are partnering with Keedum to make hemp-derived, federally legal, blissful little gummies. And you're gonna love the taste, you're gonna love the high. There's no need for a medical card, it's perfect. Each product is lab-tested for quality and freshness and has been grown right here in the USA in a GMP-compliant facility since 2017. And right now, you can go to shopketum.com and use the code FLAGRANT for 25% off your entire order. And if you're not sure about Delta THC products, Keedum has just the offer for you. They know you're gonna love their gummies, crispy treats, Delta flour, disposable pens, etc. Free shipping, also available. Guys, you get 25% off, you get free shipping. If you're not sure, just give it a shot, see what happens. Go to shopketum.com, get your Delta 8 gummies, and enjoy the rest of this episode. Yeah, Were there yeah. any lines that you wrote or even scenes from the show that you're like, yo, this can't go in? This is too crazy. 
Like this bar. Uh, well, first is like off, too, I look back hard. at that line. It's like, what the hell was I thinking saying that? <laughs> yeah, crazy thing to say. It's wild. Have, but, have, have like the Obamas so reached out? No, at all? but I, I regret saying that because I like, I, you know, I, I, first off, I do believe that like when you're rapping, like the, like the rap that I grew up on was like Eminem, who was saying like the wild hyperbole. Shit. Yeah, like yes. hyperbole. There's nothing yeah, literal yeah. happening. Like, yeah, yeah. and it was really just a, a, an ode to respect of like how great I think she is. You know, what like, was the whole line? What was the whole line? Uh, I said. <laughs> Uh, it's a bar. For that. Uh, what did I say? Uh, so, uh, is Googling it. Don't I worry. Said, it's the like, Emmys right now. I said, <laughs> I said, like, I forget the first part. It was like, in a year, I'm a bend over Michelle Obama. Like, I got to do it while I'm hot. I'm trying to get blue in most states like Barack. Which, that's a good line. That's a good line. And look, I honestly... I just wanted you to rap on the show. At the beginning of my career, unfortunately, I was kind of like at a desperate, like pathetic place of like, I got to say some wild shit to like go viral, to like get noticed, to like have the opportunities I want. Which I don't is, think that's desperate or pathetic. I don't know. I look at it as a little low, low hanging fruit. Low, but, but I think at that point in your life, you're just trying to get attention and you see the people you look up to. You're looking up to, I imagine Eminem, you're looking up to all these yeah. other rappers. They're also doing it. So you're like, this is the genre. I meant nothing by it. All I can tell you is like, I love love the Obamas. And well, like, we know, I have from the, biggest, the line. I have the, biggest fear, <laughs> I have the biggest fear of like meeting them one day or like working with them and them being like, what about that thing have you Have you said? met anybody yeah. that no. you had a bar about? No. Not one person that you've, you've rapped about, you've crossed paths with? But, no. I would not, by the way, I haven't rapped negatively. Like, even that no, line not is a negative. Line. Even, even saying that you are <laughs> lusting over a woman oh, yeah. and then you I meet them. I think I've been like talking about how much I love Drake for a decade before I actually met Drake. <laughs> and then, so what happens? Well, then, uh, you know, fortunately, I met Drake uh, and he knew about the show and loved it. Like, yeah, I literally yeah, yeah. was at a bar and like, literally, I turned around. He's got good taste and he's plugged in. Yeah. Like, he, I, yeah. So it was just, it was, you know, he was like, you're just the man I want to see. Like, I love your show so much. I watch it all the time. And I was like, like, I literally, I, I was the But perfect. he didn't go high on Aubrey. He didn't need to. You're right. <laughs> that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, I was the perfect combination of drunk and high. The moment I, like, kind of had that, I was floating. I looked unfair. I looked, couldn't have come. I know I was coming off really good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was loose. I was like waiting my whole like adult life for this moment. <laughs> but like I really was at the perfect like level of intoxicated to like handle it, you know? And okay. I remember, like it was like a 10 minute conversation exchange numbers. All my friends are at this bar with me. They're like off to the side. Like they, he walks away, I turn around, I go like and then like I walk over to my friends and they were like, "What happened?" And I was like, "Honestly, I don't even know. I was like floating." <laughs> Great. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Have, so, have you flubbed a celebrity interaction? Like some of you met that you were so excited to meet that you were just like, oof, not my best. Hmm. Prob uh, oh man. Oh. Uh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Give us that one. Whatever, whatever made you go, mm. We can bleep it. We can bleep the name, but tell the story. Let me think about it for a second. <laughs> He's running the numbers, bro. You can yeah. see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, basically, DJ Khaled. Okay. Who I was getting in my Freaky Friday music video. Yeah. The way that we shot like a few moments at the end where I was like, DJ Khaled, Ed Sheeran, Kendall Jenner. Like I, I was in Chris Brown's body, then I switched into like these other bodies for like 10 seconds. So like we really were like loose in like how whatever their thing was going to be, like what they said. And like so I was going, to, I was on my way to DJ Khaled. He agreed to be in the video to shoot and record his line.
that was to be determined. So I had to, I was going to pitch him on a number of things. I'm on the way to his house and I'm texting my director of the video. I'm being like, look, my dream version of what I would want him to do is be completely naked and be like, I'm DJ Khaled, like, and like make some sort of dick joke about like whatever we think like his dick is like. And as soon as I sent the text, to, I realized I didn't send it to the director. I sent it to DJ Khaled. Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. Like, as, <laughs> so. as I'm on the way to, and I've never even met him. So I'm meeting him right now and like That's no response. Awesome. I pull up to his house. Like, oh, I'm yeah. like, oh my God, like, fuck. Like, <laughs> I ring the doorbell. If he like, answers the door naked, he's a legend. Damn. And, and, and then, and at that point, so he answers the door, yeah. and and it's totally normal. I'm thinking maybe he maybe he didn't even read read the text, and I'm or, or he did and doesn't. I don't know, yeah. but he's acting very normal. And at that point, I was like, I, I because of that botched interaction, I bailed on the idea of even pitching anything envelope pushing to DJ Khaled. Yeah. I was like, let's play it safe and pitch him. I'm DJ Khaled. Why am I yelling? Which is like, you know, he always, when he gets in the song, yeah, yeah. he's like, ah, oh, DJ. So I was like, let's just pitch him something like that. We get up to the studio. He's like, so what do you have in mind? And I'm like, what I'd love for you to do is be like, I'm DJ Khaled. Why am I yelling? And he was like, huh, what else you got? And then I like thought he would just have accepted that pitch. <laughs> and the only other pitches I had were like dick, like nude dick joke, like okay. related type shit. <laughs> And he was like, huh, what else you got? And I was like, uh, like, well, I was like, we could, we could like make a dick joke. And he went, a dick joke? <laughs> like, he had, it felt as though he had never heard the term. The term, a dick joke. <laughs> <laughs> you can't keep going. Uh, and I was like, yeah, like, you know, like... <laughs> Like, you know, I'm a little dicky. Like, I make jokes about, like, my dick being small all the time. He was like, let's just do the first thing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, but, man, that was fucking stressful. <laughs> I was texting my director, like, in such confidence, you know, and I'm literally texting the man. I was so... I'm sure I've had other interactions where, like, I said something crazy by accident. Wow. On the subject of the nudity, the dick jokes... Season two, there's an episode that's very gay, for a less tactful way to say it. I know what you're talking about. I'm a repressed Indian kid. I'm uncomfortable watching this. How did the general public receive that episode? And how do you feel about it either way? No, it's with Benny. Yeah, with Benny. Yeah, 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 with Benny. So let me tell you, talk about a polarizing scene. (laughs) (laughs) Break it. Break it down. You almost lost me with that one. I'll be honest. I skipped an episode or two of the season. Beautiful season for that. Too many black people watching my show. So first and foremost. I mean, it's unbelievably likable, right? It's so likable. So like, first, so and endearing. first and foremost, first and foremost, uh, I'd like to apologize to Mason Cameron. Uh, <laughs> Mace, uh, no, I, what you have to realize is I did not, we did not, me and Benny act that way. That's crazy. Like we literally. Can you break it down for everybody just so we're all on the This same guy's page. my best friend. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know if it's like a Jewish 
like privileged guy thing or something, but like, and and I have other friendships that are similar where like, we just like, we shower together. We don't do it sexually. We're not like, you know, jerking each other off and, and like being sexual. We're I just would like, rather. We're just that. talking naked in the shower. Nah. Dicks out, balls dicks out. Dicks out, balls out. Nah. And it's, yeah, like, nah. so anyways. Who's bigger? Yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah, I have, my dick looks like a raisin. <laughs> uh, have you seen it hard though? Him? Yeah. You say you're a grower. <laughs> he says he's a grower, so I'm just asking a follow up. I'm a journalist. I've seen, I've seen him. Like, yeah. I've seen him with some blood in his dick. I haven't seen him like some blood in his dick. But half juice, yeah. 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 But look, I also <laughs> thought I was like, this is a really interesting <laughs> dynamic that I think people will find funny minimally. We put it out, and I think like, yes, there's like half the people are like, man. You almost lost me. With who that. who pitches who on showering together naked? Me and Benny. In real life, not. It just the- really happened organically. Like, <laughs> like, like how? I, what 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 situation I, would present? He, he we're meets, in a rush. He like, meets me under the lens of like that's little, like he I, he reached out to me as a rapper, Lil Dicky, who like made all of his early music about how fucked up and small his dick is, and he is just like me. And so once we started hanging out, he was like, "You got to show me your dick." And like I'm not like some people would be like, "What?" To that question, that's but not a weird question. I've lived you. a life showing yeah. Yeah, all yeah. of my high school friends have seen yeah. my dick. Like everyone in my overnight campus, like you know, it's just like I'm curious. Yeah, I, I yeah. Know. Oh, yeah. and by the way, I promise you, I don't care how like homophobic you are. If I showed you my dick and took and walked you through you it, you'd be on people? the ground laughing. Wait, you'd be slapping. Like you it, still got that skin thing. That yeah, you I could about? show you some shit that would like. Do you have a photograph? Show us. Show us. Show us. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Show us. No, no, I try not to photograph it. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> in person. Yeah. Show us yeah. the dick. Look, I promise you that, like, I can tell, like, if we all kept hanging out for like three to five years, you would all see my dick in time. Yeah. Like, it's the type of thing that I definitely. I can see. I mean, I honestly am curious right now. The show doing three is to very five different than seeing the dick. It's not I, that different. I would see the dick. It's not that wet. different. Wet is different. It's not that different. <laughs> that anyway, makes it different. And the though. time, the duration is different. Yeah, we just we just are really comfortable what with each other. Being I mean, naked and wet is crazy. You don't want to see his dick. You have zero curiosity. I, I you're being disingenuous. Would you want to see a cross section? Yeah, what if it was an exam or something like that? Just like, Dude, a, can you so just show them and then they'll report back to me? The, the guys that uh, Susan, <laughs> <laughs> please. <laughs> Season one and two, I was working. Yeah. On. Sorry, we went from not wanting to see your dick. Please, can you just <laughs> one minute? In one minute, yo, that was the gay shit you ever did. By the way, yo, cough up that piece, my boy. So, so yo, we got showers here. <laughs> <laughs> the guys he that, didn't sell the dick well though. <laughs> the guys that scored my show, that like make all the original composing for the show, are like two of my best friends out here, Henry and Jack. And you know, they too had heard you know stories for years about my dick. And like we, they, no one feels like the brunt of like a schedule, like having to hand in episodes more than like the composers of the score. Because mm. like we have like such limited time to like make all. And we were just at a point where like everyone was so burnt out. And they were, I could just tell they were like just crushed about like the amount of time that this would take to get it right over the next like five weeks. Mm. And I could see their spirits so low. And I, and I said, guys, like, really what I did was they were behind, they were working, their backs were toward me. And they've, they were asking to see my dick for a while. So this wasn't like sexual <laughs> it's consensual, harassment. Consensual, yeah. Very consensual. I got, but their backs were to me. They're working on their keyboards. I just got butt naked and I just waited for them to turn around. And they turned around. And they looked, and they, they, the joy <laughs> and the, mar- the marvel and, and, and the seriousness at which they took yeah. my, they, they literally stopped what they were doing, 
got up, like literally like bent over. Like, like Jurassic Park. They, they, were, they, were like, they were like, I've never seen something. They were like, your dick is like a Pixar character where it's like, it's so like the old guy and fucked up. up and like wrong, but so like there's so much hope. Oh, no, you're really selling this there's so much hope and optimism. Like it, it feels like you can, like it can do anything, but like it can do mm. nothing at the same why? time. Can you, it, why? Wow. It's really thick. Like, give me a thickness. I don't. I, all I know is I took a string one time and I measured the girth yeah. and the length, and I fell ten percentile length, ninetieth percentile girth. So what? that thick? I don't. It can't be. But like. Like I just know that when I Montana, back in the day when I would try to stick my dick in a Gatorade bottle, it couldn't felt, get it. Felt in. like a tight fit. Okay, so thickness. Okay, and then after that, look, that seems pretty cool. Actually, <laughs> and also, well, it's it's, it's what, show? but there's a lot wrong with it. Like what happened was a few things. Yeah. One, <laughs> born with a, a, a disease, I guess you'd call it, or a defect yeah. called hypospadias, where my pee hole is just in the wrong spot. Condition, like. Where your pee hole is right in the middle. Yes. Mine is like right down here. Like a faucet. Which I didn't mm-hmm. even know was yeah. wrong until like I was like 16. And some guy was like, why is your pee hole there? Because I was showing men my dick. Because I thought there was other things wrong with it. Oh, let's see it here. Exactly. Ah. But there's versions of it. Like, look, version one is my, that looks a lot like my dick, right? Like a little bit. Like that, <laughs> see how it's like. And then version two, like it's like in the middle of the guy's shaft. That's oh. not. Oh my god! And then version three, it said it's nuts. Good oh, that's, a, that's, that's a pussy, bro. That's yeah. a vagina. I got version one, so I'm okay. Thank God. There. Okay. But the yeah. version three actually seems kind of cool. That's like a, like a cool. Yeah. No, they're cert. Well, I don't know. All I know, and then so uh, besides that, so are you busting nuts born, out of your balls? I'm busting nuts. No, 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 no he's version three. three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, version yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. Wait, but you bust on your balls? Yeah. You shoot down. Yeah. How do you pee? I'll tell you. I pee sitting down, but. So independent of the hypospadias, I also had my urethra was tangled to right. the point where like if I didn't get surgery, emergency surgery right away, I wasn't going to be able to pee the right way. I wasn't going to be able to have kids. So they yeah. had to go in and perform it. They had to do surgery and like do all this shit, baby take skin away. Yeah. And I don't even know the facts at hand. I'm only like here as like a, like a man, like just looking at my thing and like I don't. My my parents, I don't want to talk to them about it. It's like a little weird, and yeah. I don't think they even know the facts at hand. My theory is they cut off a lot of my dick skin, like, and they had to replace my dick skin with other skin. And yeah. I think, like, my, you know how like your balls are ribbed. <laughs> I have to put this in the show, but yeah, like, I saw that, yeah. My my skin of my whole dick is ribbed and it grows hair. Like if I just let my hair grow down there, yeah, my entire dick would have hair like, <laughs> like here, like a tree from like the Lorax. Yeah, yeah. So I think that my dick is made of balls, ball skin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's so there's just a lot of scarring and there's a whole, a whole lot of sensitivity. And then also I developed I had these little poppy seeds on my dick that like kind of developed. And I was ashamed. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> They're not poppy seeds. Yeah. They look yeah. like poppy seeds. Yeah. The little black, see that everything's in bagel like black little yeah. black yeah. dots started yeah, yeah, yeah. popping up. And yeah. I was like, what is this? I got to remove this. One of the black dots, they must have removed too far. And now there's like, where that black dot was, there is a hole. Like, so now when I pee, it goes out of my main pee hole, which is already in the wrong place. It's my main pee hole. Okay. And then there's another little hole that like, 
like every time, if I pee, that's why I pee sitting down. Because you have to. Yeah. If I pee standing up, so I would just mess. piss all it's over like my It's like when own. you put your like, thumb on a hose and yeah. it just fucking. It's like, you know, the, exactly that. Or like, you know, the super soakers where like they had like a thing where you could like turn it left yeah, and it would like go yeah, that yeah, way. Yeah. It's like yeah. that. Your dick's like a clarinet almost. Like it has multiple little holes you have to yeah, plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pl- so if I pee in a urinal, which I do oftentimes in public because talk about you can't pee sitting down in a public restroom. It's like disgusting what men do in the stalls of a pl- I can't even believe yeah. it. There's like shit and piss like everywhere. I do it every time. Yeah, this guy, he's savage. Cheek to bowl. I don't even... He just horrible. even wipe the yeah, yeah. bowl. Yeah. He lifts the seat up and sits I'll right plug, I'll plug, So I piss on my finger every time. If I'm peeing standing up, that means I'm willingly pissing on my finger and the overflow is just going down on my nuts. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and it's small. But girthy. But girthy. But and girthy. I think girthy... And, and I, I hit it for my whole life. I avoid every time that like... People were getting together and like playing spin the bottle where like maybe you'd like get your dick touched. I was like sick that night because I was like, no one can know. And then eventually mm-hmm. I like, you know, just decided to put it in the show and like own it. And and the thing that I realized as an adult is like oftentimes women aren't even aware of what a dick's supposed to look like, more or less. And like there's mm-hmm. no different it's all weird to them, you know? Right. This is always a foreign like snout coming out of a man's hips. <laughs> You know, and I just have a different version of it that yeah. it's functional though, and there there's value to the girth I found. Yeah, and, and so it gets hard. Do you have Do you have a girlfriend now? Yeah. Did you have to introduce her to it, or did she know from the show? Did she, she know from your material? She knew from the show. Okay. Mm. Um, and enjoy it, like. Honestly, it was I, I met her so like right before my show was about to come out, and like very early in the process, I was like, "Look, I'm about to come out with this show. This is what I'm thinking in my head, not what I'm saying to her. Yeah. I'm about to come out with the show where I'm literally like, maybe I was getting away with people not knowing, but now I'm putting almost a bullseye on my dick. Now, like I feel like it's like being like, well, let me invent. And mm-hmm. so I showed her the episode first scene of the first episode is me having this entire yep. breakdown with the urologist. Yeah. And she, like, loved it. And, and, you know, she accepted me for me, and we have a great relationship. And there's never—she loves—I don't even want to—because I know I'm, she's a grown woman with parents. And I don't even want to say she loves my dick. But she loves my dick. Yeah, she does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She cherishes it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Have, have women ever reacted uh, with aversion at any point in your life? One time, and it was, like, the first time. Oh, uh, no. Which oh, was hard. God. Oh, no. What uh, happened? <laughs> The, a girl said, wait, wait, like. It's <laughs> <laughs> so reasonable. That's actually, wait is reasonable. She was like, wait. Isn't the, isn't the pee hole supposed to be there? And I couldn't believe it. It was so, it was like. I'm Mortifying. Fu- I'm, so, I'm fucked for life. She was a slut. She no, saw too many. Yeah, yeah. How did she know where like it should go. So the top of it is just like um, a mannequin tip? Sheen. It's like a Christmas ornament. Sheen. It's like a Christmas ornament. Wow. wow. Just shiny. And- Honestly, it looks like I have half a head almost. Like it looks like, take your head, right? Yeah. My dickhead? Yeah, take your dickhead. Yeah, yeah. And then this right where the pee hole is, crazy. take take a knife and just cut it in half. So it it's flat at the top. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it? I, mean, I want to show you. So because it's a little, it's like like it's, a hammerhead. It feels like it's that. It's that thing in the top in the left. It's the left one. It's that. Which isn't that weird. Like, I thought everyone's dick weird. looked like that. Yeah, that's not I, that, I thought, that weird. I didn't know that. I'm, like, I'm going to be honest, I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> yeah, that's not that weird. No, 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 there's more to it. There's more to it. What do you think is weirder? What you have or just foreskin? I, what would I have? What I have? Because <laughs> there's a lot of things I can do that, like, I can. Wait, I can, did your parents circumcise you as well? 
Yeah, I'm like overly certain. I'm like missing too much meat down there to the point where I think I have less sensitivity. Why? Wow. Mm, but you last longer, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a phase of my life um, when I was like 24 where I... <laughs> Where I prematurely ejaculate, like I basically, I could not prevent myself from prematurely ejaculating. Mm. Like every time I had sex, I would come within the first ten seconds. T and B, yeah. But touch and bust. Because I don't have that long of a boner, and and because the dick, you know, stays relatively with blood in it. I would just pretend that I didn't come and, and I just would keep fucking, keep fucking, smart. and then fake an orgasm whenever she it's appropriate. Yeah, fifty pumps, smart. Yeah. Wow. So, so I was just faking orgasms for so long. So does cum come out of the both sides? Is it the top and I, also I gotta the side say, of the middle? That's a question I get asked a lot, and <laughs> and the way that I come is I I don't like shoot come like project. I kind of just like. Ooze come out of like yeah. the mm. edge of my dick. Like it's yeah. a sewer drain or something. It's like slime, you know, like <laughs> yeah. and like when your hand is like here. <laughs> I, my hand is always like I'd have to like get a camera, but I think cum does come out of that second small hole. But it just in a way it, that it like weeps. it's just glistening. It's, it's like weeping. Yeah, yeah. It's glistening. Yeah, it's not like it's not gonna shoot like yeah. you know. It's but not it's like a wow. oh my god. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a sponge in a way. It's yeah. glistening. <laughs> like it it's glistens. so funny yeah. to say about coming on your own balls. <laughs> but like, it's not. It's not. There's not a lot of cum that comes out. Because I don't think I, I. I'm a little worried at the lack of cum. I. I, I'm worried that. I, I don't know how if I'm coming enough. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's normal. There's definitely. Every time I jerk off, there's just cum all over like the bottom half of my dick okay. and like my hand and but like. It never goes anywhere. Now, mm. if I straighten my dick, because my dick has a hitch, uh. and I'm sorry, Mom and Dad, because they said it's enough about yeah. the dick, and yeah, they yeah. can't believe that every interview I do default, but I really don't bring it up, and I do think it's interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. medical trauma. You should be able to talk about <laughs> yeah. it. If I straighten That's this, true. Okay, my so. favorite way to come. Yes. Silly string. Guy. Oh. <laughs> is, is taking my like little bit of a bent dick. Yeah. And straightening it, yeah. oh. and then just sitting there and waiting, <laughs> and not even moving. And if I'm high enough, and there's good shit going on in that screen in front of you me, you don't even have to jerk off to no. not. By the way, I used to be able to come hands free. <laughs> there's no way. Before I got on Dave, Propecia for on. hair loss, Dave. Come on. Before I got on Propecia, I don't think you need Propecia. To be honest I got ahead of it. Uh, before, Literally. yeah, before I, and I don't know, I, I, I just, you know, I always heard people say like, oh, I wish I started like a year earlier. Cause like Propecia stops you in its tracks. Yes. Yeah. 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 It doesn't make hair grow. So yes. I just wanted my, my tracks to be stopped. Anyways, uh, before, like, I think it does lower my sex drive a little bit, Propecia. Yeah. I was tragically horny. Like I, yeah. I was, uh, prematurely ejaculating. Yeah. Now I have a normal sex drive. This and is great. before I literally, I could sit there and think and I could, and if I There's push, no way. I'm telling you, with just your mind, just my mind, the power of your mind. you push the way you push like a, when you're pooping like a cum Jedi. and I yeah. could, and I, and that is a great way to come. I mean, if you guys had a wet dream, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, of oh, course. Yeah. There's no better events. way to come than yeah. a wet dream. That's the best. My best sexual moments of my life were the three wet dreams that I had. <laughs> you had three? Yeah. Damn. That's I know. I want I've, more. I've, I've, never, well, okay. I've never had Take me through all three. I've never had Wet dream number one. Uh, we were at Seeds of Peace International Camp in Maine. And I was. <laughs> Seeds of Peace? Come on, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And I, I, it wasn't a really a sexually charged atmosphere. And I just was like, it's a three week thing. I'm going to wait. I was like, I want to wait to come till I'm home in four weeks and jerk off. Like have the best jerk off of my life (laughs) with the right porn. You had a ceasefire. How old were you? Like 14. (laughs) Okay. And then I came like in my dream, a girl in a red dress. Oh, wow. Just like the Matrix. Constantly yeah. evolving. Can't even put, like, she was brunette, but like, she's constantly evolving. And I just felt like I was, in my dream, I felt like I was, you know when you piss in reality and you piss for, like, a minute? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In my dream, that. I was pissing cum. It was, like, a minute of just, like, <laughs> free-flowing cum. Yeah. Like, just pissing. And then I woke up and I just realized I had cum. That was number one. Um, <laughs> can you describe what seeds of pieces so people didn't know what the environment was that you came in? It's, it's a really great organization that actually brings, it brings uh, children from different conflict groups together, like <laughs> Israel and Palestine. No way. India, Pakistan. And everyone so you're just rain and cum on a bus. No, actually, with my bunk was me, it was me and Indians and Pakistanis. Oh, wow. And I, was just, I was the only American in my bunk. And it was yeah. like they let 15 Americans in to like observe the whole thing because it yeah. really is super interesting. Yeah. And yeah, I came and uh, right above me was Abhishek. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, yeah. Such an Indian name. Yeah, I don't think he knew. I don't think he knew. Uh, but that, and then I came, one time I uh, was like celibate like for a year, purely out of fear. Um, I just found sexual experiences like because of my, I guess, neuroticism. Just the pros never outweighed the cons. Like whatever that like value that sex was having in the yeah. moment, like paled in comparison to like the next day. Yeah, wondering like if my if my life would be forever mm-hmm. altered. Yeah, STD, yeah, yeah STD, pregnant. Like it just felt like man, what a dangerous game we're playing. Mm. I got to stop having sex for a year because I need to focus on like more. Like I can't. Like I was being so derailed by like thinking about what went wrong. Yeah. So I didn't have sex for a year and I had a wet dream. I was on tour and you know, when you're on tour, you really want to hook up. I think every city is like a different opportunity. And I just was like really sticking true to it. And I just came in my pants. I think it was San Antonio, um, came uh, right there. <laughs> so what do you mean <laughs> while you were sleeping though, right? Yeah, yeah. Wet dream. <laughs> but you had pants on? No, okay, my underwear. Okay. I, was, I just thought you're sorry, sorry. By a bus stop in San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> How many wet dreams have you guys had? Innumerable. Uh, yeah, yeah, a bunch. Yeah, I can't remember. Never yeah. had one. Are, do you never know had, what I'm saying when I say that? Like, do you not? Like yeah. for me, I'm like that is the best orgasm a man can have. It was great, but then you got to get I up had one and next to my wife once. Mm. And I remember waking up looking at her, <laughs> sucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's something really free about being able to just come with no hands and just like piss it out. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a freebie, 100%. Yeah. Okay, it really is. Yeah. Okay, so, okay. And then the third one. The third one was like, it was a more, it was really uneventful. It was more recent. I just came. It was like a time when. Nothing crazy. No, nothing. It was really. Just, so this all I, I know is there's three. You could look at your. But day. I wish there was more. And watch porn and then just come without anything. I don't know if I could do it now. I think my sex drive's a little lower. Oh, but on. now I can certainly straighten my dick. Yeah. And just, I, there's something really, and like I said, when I straighten it, if I come, there is a little more life to the, to the output. There's a, there's a, it goes, it, it doesn't, it's still not doing what I'm seeing in porn, but there's, it's doing more than just like dribbling, dribbling out. There's yeah. more, there's more chutzpah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. 
Yeah. I'm scared that I have like deep, deep funked semen. Well, you'll find out. I'll find out. Yeah. yeah. Have you looked into it? Have you? No, that's the first thing. They're going to test my semen. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But like no pregnancy scares up to this point or anything like that. Uh, no pregnancy scares. You know, there are times where, you know, you're on spring break in Australia and the condom broke and you have to go, um, to the mor- get the morning after pill for a girl that you don't even know. And, yeah. uh, they don't even let you get it without the girl in Australia. Like you oh, have wow. to, and then I didn't know. And then, so I had to have my friend who wasn't the girl I had sex with come and pretend that it was her, uh, which was all weird. Um, Did you hang out with the girl? Did you watch her take it or you took her word for it? I had to take her word for it because we had to leave. So you just, what you? (laughs) I got to say, I was kind of under, it was literally when I, it was crazy. When I, when I came back with the pill and I looked for her in like the hotel area, I'm not kidding. It sounds like a lie. She was literally in the middle of a group of a rugby team. (laughs) She was talking to a group of 10 men, just her. Like chit chatting with ten men, and I had to go up to her and be like, "Hey, like I don't know if you're comfortable with like like she knew the condom broke. She wasn't stressed. Did she know you went to get the B? No. I was oh. like so stressed. I don't know where she went. Like she didn't like it was it was the type of spring break thing where it was like she was an American in my spring break program. She had her own bed. Like she went like she didn't sleep in the same bed. Like like and I, yeah. in the morning I just went and got. I was like and then I just wanted to hand and then yeah I. You have to take two, like one, at least what I found in the Australian version of this was yeah. she takes one now. I saw her take that one and then I had to take off and go back to where I was going where she was staying. And I said, please, will you take it? And I think she did. I haven't gotten a phone call. <laughs> did, you, did you check in to make sure she did? Like, how do you do that? I, I thought that was like really, be really rude. It would be rude, but uh, you still like, want to know. Yeah, but I, I, I don't want to dehumanize and, you know. Well, literally, that's what you're doing. You're dehumanizing. That is true. <laughs> that is actually <laughs> do <laughs> definitionally correct. Exactly. Not goal. dehumanize, but fully spawned human. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to dehumanize. Also, that. Like, I don't yeah. Oh, oh God. On. Okay, Dave. Listen. Uh, I have, have one to, more question. Yes. Yes. I have yes, one more yes, question. Yes. So I know you're a huge fan of Kanye West. Oh yeah. Oh, How has yes. that been? Yes. Are you guys still friends? You've heard about this whole anti-Semitism uh, thing he's been talking about? What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What? Apparently he hates Jews, apparently, is yeah. what he was saying. No, not Kanye. Look, all I can tell you is my experience with Kanye West, which was in 2017, I ended up getting involved in, in his basketball, he did a, a basketball run. I literally met him on the basketball court. First time meeting Kanye, by the way, full court three on three, what? me guarding Kanye. Oh, Why yeah. is it full court three on three? Just to get that run in. And we only had six people there. <laughs> but who's the, whose idea was that? Why not keep it on the half? I, I think people just wanted to exercise idea. more. Wow. Yeah. And so that's my first time meeting him. How was he? How can he How'd he play? Yeah. Very interesting game. Like, good shooter, but I think he's... I feel like it, a very awkward form. He just is so weirdly good at finishing around the hoop in a way that you're like, that's never going to work. And he, like, does these weird finger rolls that go in fairly... Consi- Wait, Kanye can hoop? Yeah. Wow. He can hoop a little bit. Um, anyways, forgiven. My experience with him, <laughs> yeah. I would like play basketball with him for like a year, like twice a week, and like it involved into a little, like he would invite me to come to his workplace and like show me the new music he's working on and the clothing, and like I like had a real and he was nothing but nice to me the entire time, like truly, like was one of the nicest, like and this is my hero, like no one, I told him to his face, I don't know if I would 
have the self-belief that I have if I wasn't, like my formative years weren't like listening to this other person having this like insane self-belief in himself and like that being the soundtrack to my life. And I believe that, like, you know what I mean? Like, and I owe a lot to his art for like making me, my attitude is probably formed by like early Kanye. And we had a great relationship. He's uh, like, he changed his number at some point, like to the point where like, you know, he does that a lot. I think where he changes his number. He probably have to at that level. Changes his team. Um, and I just lost touch with him for, mm. you know, just the way, and I haven't seen him in like four years. And I obviously see all the things that, uh, and I was like surprised because like, I don't think in his heart Kanye uh, dislikes Jewish people. You know, I don't, I know he knows I'm Jewish. I know he likes me. You know what I mean? So in my heart, I feel like he probably said something and uh, it was the wrong thing. I'm, sure, I'm not denying that he'll say the wrong thing often. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think he might have said the wrong thing. People got outraged. I think the thing that he can't stand the most is when people tell him what he can or cannot say. So then he leans into it. He leaned that. into it. And that's the reality. Now, I don't think you should be leading into it. I'm not saying what he did is the right. Like, I think that there should be a sensitivity to, like, Jewish you people. You know, you don't think that at his core there's anti Semitism. I don't. Right? I don't you think, think so. at his core is rebellion. And right exactly. now, this is the thing. That's that, kind of uh, what. I, now, this is really me. Theorizing, I'm not that close to the situation. I played basketball with him one, like for a year, but let me tell you, he was the sweetest man. Like, I, and yeah. I watched him interact with a variety of different people, being really nice. Mm. Um, and so that's, I'm not. I can I'm, see that with him, like just being such a. I don't want to say contrarian. Actually, Look, just caring about freedom so much that that's the thing. I really yeah. think that like the Trump hat. Like, do I think he like loves Trump's policies? No, I think he wore the hat one time. People were like, "You can't wear that," yeah. and then he wore it for a year. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, I, I think, and I think he does feel like we're controlled a lot by like media and like opinion. And I, I kind of see a lot of uh, interesting thought process in terms of like him being at the forefront of like he really is always ahead of the curve in a lot of things. That being said. You know, my mother is outraged by his comments, and rightfully mm. so. But I think at his core, I really believe he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Yeah, you're friends with both of them. Who's the better artist, Drake or Kanye? Better mm. artist, artist. Man, I can't even. They're both. They're. They, I, here's what I'll say. I was in the studio one time with Kanye, and it was just like me and Kanye, and 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 one other man, and it was like already. I'm like, this is the best day of my life. Like I'm <laughs> like showing him the Freaky Friday music video before it's even out. I have my best bullet of content that I've yeah. ever had before it comes out to like show. Did he watch? Yeah, and he was like, that's amazing. And then Drake walked in. Get like, the fuck. And I had no idea Drake was yeah. even coming. And I'm oh, like, so they were in the studio together. This was a while ago, but yes, they, they, they you know, they, they've they've worked together plenty of times. This oh, was back in like 2017. Yeah, yeah. Tw- yeah. they have like a real frenemy thing. And I'm in there with both of them, and I took the opportunity to be like, fellas, let me just tell both of you while you're here that you guys are so by far my favorite two artists of all time that whoever is third, what a sizable gap there is between you two and Hmm. the third place. And that's how I feel about them. Like, I think Kanye was coming when I was a kid, and uh, I love Kanye's music. And like, you know, not only just the messaging behind like the ambition, but also the musicality and like doing like that shit sounds better than ever and it's like so original the and so great is insane, and Drake yeah. came along right when I became like a rapper and like man nothing has inspired me more as an actual rapper and, and musical artist than Drake like that guy mm-hmm. every time I feel like I'm like hitting a lull as a rapper and I'm like I'm like, I don't know how much I want to go to the studio today because, like, I kind of am a little bit, like, in a writer's blocky situation where I'm not loving... Then Drake drops, like, the most inspiring shit I've ever mm. heard and makes me, like, totally... And I just... And both of them have been so nice to me. So I can't really delineate between Drake and Kanye. Yeah. They're just my favorite artists ever. 
I also want to know, whenever you get into a situation, like you're at like a party and there's someone that you really admire that's there, what is your protocol Mm. for how to interact with them? Because you're just a regular dude from Philly. All of a sudden, now you're at these Hollywood parties. What do you do? Uh, I won't. I, I will, you know, I'll, I'll try to have an organic, you know, I won't like be like angling the whole time. Like, okay, there's Brad Pitt over there. I'm going to go inch my way closer to him. Hope he sees my, I'm, I don't, I'm not really strategic like that. But if I end up being in the same conversation, look, they either have seen my work. And honestly, if they have, they probably really respect me and like me, or they've never seen my work. And I'm just a guy. And I think everything I, I've done in my career has spawned off the premise of, the way I behave in real life tends to be a way that people enjoy. Like I really just started as like an enjoyable, funny, conversationally pleasing man. And that's how I carry myself. So I just act the way I act with whoever I'm meeting, not with like designs of like winning them over and getting them in my show. But Mm. like I just want, you know, the same way I'd want to be liked by anybody. I try to be liked by whoever I'm talking to and Mm. try to be a charming version of myself. And oftentimes it leads to positive creative synergy if later I'm like I have a great idea for this person oh I met them at that one party like when I call them like I remember that guy he's cool he's nice he's not a weird guy a lot of artists are really introverted and like Mm. don't want to be approached and don't want to be talked to I'm just not that way like anytime a fan comes up to me and talks to me like um, I find it minimally even if it's the most brutally awkward interaction ever I'm like what a unique human interaction that was that I'll forever remember the specificity of and be able to like mind comedy from yeah or they'll be like really normal and shower me with praise like either way i don't lose you know so Mm. i just think i approach everything the same way i'm talking to anybody and that i think is why a lot of these icons resonate with me because they can tell that i'm just being myself but you're comfortable complimenting them and telling them how much you admire them oh yeah like i know how much it means to me when drake and kanye tell me they fuck with me so I know how much maybe it'll mean to someone else if I tell them. I mean, who knows? It doesn't mean anything to Brad, to Brad Pitt. But like, I, I sure in my email to Brad Pitt, I certainly said you have like totally defined like cinema for me for my whole. You know what I mean? Like, and it's true. And I, yeah. the guys like Brad Pitt work their ass off. And so that like, means a lot to them. Yeah, they want to influence a generation and a culture, and I think they like hearing that. Like these new wave of people wouldn't Are be doing inspired for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think there's sometimes people maybe in their discomfort with, you know, withhold their true feelings or admiration for the person that they're talking to. A lot so of posture. I don't posture. Yeah. I like really keep it real at all times. And but- I think that is genuinely accepted. Like people like that, especially if it's coming from a real place. Not like you're trying to schmooze them, but mm-hmm. when you really, I don't know, I've always felt that like when I really admire someone for a specific thing, not that they're just the famous person around. I yeah. really fucking admire them. The conversation is so easy. Yeah. Because you have a million things that you want to say that are nuanced and specific, and they can see that you actually care about the art or the thing that they're doing. Yeah. And it's the easiest flow in the world. It's always uncomfortable, like, when I just don't admire them and I yeah. don't care. And in those situations, I'm not going to bother you. I don't care how famous you yeah. are. But yeah, I think that is a good point. Lead with what you fucking care just about. Be, I really think the core of my entire being and the success I've had really comes from being yourself. Like, I think... There's, that's the reason that I'm able to be a white rapper making jokes in a predominantly black landscape because I'm just not coming in and like trying to like act like Mr. Cool Guy. Mm-hmm. I'm just like being yeah. myself. Yeah. Hmm. Be yourself, guys. That's cool. We're here with Dave. 
Guys, Thank you so much. I've had so much fun. Oh, wow. Three hours and 17 minutes of a No, no that's 317. <laughs> <laughs> Go check out Penis yeah, right now. Penis Listen to it. Go check out Ha 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 yeah. on YouTube right now. And then go check out whatever future projects Dave's going to cook up. We're yeah. excited to see them, my Guys, boy. Guys, uh, thank you for having me. This was so fun. This was great. This was great. Yeah. And one day we're going to see that joint. I, I really believe. I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen. Three to five years, exactly. I do too. I really do. Guys. Dave Bird, everybody. Thank you.